It has been a long time, but we are bringing back the Game Club. I'm Jason Ariola, the host of the Games and Junk Game Club and most of the other podcasts we do on this podcast network. And for this episode of kind of returning back to the Game Club, because God, it has been well over a year since we've done one. We're doing Sword and Shield, and or Pokemon Sword and Shield, and I am joined by John Lucero. Hello. John is my co-host on Multimedia Failure and has been on, let's say, most of the game clubs we've done, right? Yeah, I've been on a lot of podcasts in the past, like, four years we've been doing this together. Yeah, yeah, the now-retired uh, flagship thing is you were on there with, geez, I think nearly half of them at some point. <laughs> yeah, I was on a good chunk of them for, like, I, I was on, like, a good, maybe 50-ish. Yeah, So, which was literally about half of them, so it worked yeah. out pretty well for you. <laughs> so, um... I am also joined by, if you listen to Rock Out With Your Card Out, the video game music podcast I do, uh, you'll be familiar with her, Kemi Zeal. Hi. <laughs> Kemi is a chiptune artist of Game Boy uh, fame, we'll say, right? Is that a good way of putting it? Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I, I don't know. I uh, I don't know. The way I see it Game is... Boy, yeah. the, <laughs> the way I see it is, I'm trying to get you on here before you get too big, and it's just like, hey, look, 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 no, I don't know. She was with... She, she, she did a few of my podcasts first, so there. Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, guys. <laughs> and finally, um, first time guest with us, but ha- it, she has been someone I have been a fan of her work for a long time. I've been listening to her on podcasts for a, oh, geez, um, I don't know how many years now. It's been quite a few years, and we've become friends over the years. Uh, say hello to Anna Marie Privetier. Hello. Anna, do you want to uh, kind of run down what you do for RP Gamer? Yeah, sure. Um, so I joined the RP Gamer staff in January of 2000. So I have actually been with the site for more than 20 years. Oh, um, when I joined the site, I built the review section. I've been doing reviews there for a couple of decades. I also do our podcast, which I've been doing since its inception. So episode one, all the way up to episode 538. Jeez. <laughs> and uh yeah so yeah. mostly podcasts and reviews and i actually bought the site about five years ago so i'm actually the owner of rp gamer so owner operator basically at this point yeah <laughs> and if that wasn't fun enough um for the last decade i've actually run my own company called is it fun and i do social media and other miscellaneous um tasks for video game companies oh i won't show any hands as far as like who i know you've worked for before so because I know sometimes it's supposed to be a secret, so we'll just kind of keep that on the download. But it's been pretty cool seeing like some of the stuff I know you have done the social media stuff for. It's like, oh hey, I know, I know who's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So this is uh, this is another part of a uh, long term thing. Of it seems like I'm sort of uh, stealing half of RP Gamers staff occasionally to uh, borrow for some of my podcasts. <laughs> Because uh, I borrowed uh, Josh Carpenter twice, and he's signed up for at least two, no, three more podcasts with us at least. I've uh, stolen Jonathan Stringer once, so yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've jokingly said it. This all my podcasters. Hey, you know, well, you, you have quality people. What can I say? Yeah, how do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor John just uh, got sucked along for the ride here, so. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and let's go over our personal history with the Pokemon series. Um, I'll just go real quick. I started playing with Red and Blue, and for the 430th time I'll tell this story, I went to a not-so-great high school in the middle of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I still say the bravest thing I've ever done in my life is take my Game Boy Pocket with me and play Pokemon by myself in the middle of the courtyard of school. And 
managed to not get shoved into a locker multiple times. I don't know how that happened. And yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, well, that's the bravest, most daring thing I've probably ever done and will ever do in my life. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and run down. John, how about yourself? Uh, I played Pokemon off and on. Red and blue were also my first, but the first one that I finished was uh, gold. And uh, Totodile is the best starter, as Jason knows, um, in my, from my humble opinion. Yep, right after and... Pitbull. No, it's the phrase first. Uh, <laughs> Thank God I can edit that out, John, and just say, yep, yep, he's first, right after I said Piplup. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then uh, just, if I, I skipped generations here and there. Like, I did Ruby Sapphire, and then I, I didn't play for a while until uh, uh, Black and White I did. Uh, I tried a little X and Y. I wasn't a huge fan of X and Y, and then I've just dabbled in the, since then. I probably had the least amount of Pokemon playing out of people here, but... Uh, yeah, this is my first one I've finished since uh, X and Y, and I was in black and white, I think. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> See, I skipped most of the DS ones myself, actually. So, yeah. Except Platinum. I went back and tried that, like, last year and reviewed yeah, it. Yeah, you were, yeah. I wasn't, wasn't so impressed. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, Kimmy, how about yourself? Um, I also started with Red and Blue. I played, well, my brother would get one and I'd get the other, so I played, like, Silver and Sapphire, Black, X. Pretty much all of them. Um, I finished them, but I don't think I've ever actually completed a Pokedex. So I was going to replay Fire Red recently, and I was going to try to complete the Pokedex there, or on Let's Go Pikachu or something like that. <laughs> I think it's a um, lot easier on Let's Go, honestly. Yeah, probably. But I, I didn't really want to go for it with like Sun and Moon, where there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I can probably help you out with a, with a few if you need them, if, if you ever wanted to, because, um, yeah, I've, I've got a complete living Pokédex. I guess I didn't technically finish what I was in. I mean, I, I kind of skipped everything after Red and... I played Red, Blue, Yellow. I actually imported Yellow and played it in Japanese for a bit, and uh, after I realized that wasn't going to work, <laughs> uh, I, I threw in the towel, waited until the American version came out, played it in English, and then I did not touch a Pokemon game really until um, X and Y came out, and since then I've been kind of hooked. So It's yeah. kind of funny. I also have Yellow in Japanese. <laughs> we had um, an exchange student from Japan that I made friends with, and then I was trying to read it, and he said I sounded like a five-year-old, and I thought... Well, I'd only been studying Japanese for a few months, so that was pretty good. That sounded like a five-year-old. Yeah, right? yeah, that is pretty good. And then I got the download version in French, but I don't actually have an English copy of Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I, I, I like that. <laughs> Too. Uh, all right, and Anna, how about yourself? Um, I started with Blue, and my copy of Blue was actually in French. Oh, I was much <laughs> much more comfortable with the language at the time. But yeah, I played um, all of the mainline games. I finished 11 of the mainline games that I played. Holy God. I went back and counted. I've played 25 spinoff titles. Oh, and wow. And in fact, my favorite titles of all, of all the Pokemon games, none of them are mainline games. It's like, I, I want to talk to you about like Conquest and XD and Magikarp Splash. Like, <laughs> oh, I played a lot of Pokemon Stadium when I was a kid. Me I guess too. I uh, probably more stadium than I played of red and blue. So. And I have a really good Pokemon story. Oh, I think Jason's Jason might've heard this one before. Odds are, so, go, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was Christmas of 1998 and I'd already moved out of my parents' house and my mom was like, I'm going to get you a nice gift for Christmas. So what do you want? I said, okay, I really want Pokemon yellow. And my mom hates buying video games for me. 
But she was like, all right, I'll find you Pokemon Yellow. The problem is, is I lived in Northern Ontario at the time, like four hours away from both Toronto and Ottawa, like the two <laughs> major cities in, in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And so no one had a copy. And my mom, even like my mom actually drove the four hours, both to Toronto and to Ottawa on two separate weekends, went to all the video game stores. No one had this stupid game. <laughs> And so what she started doing is she started calling every day, every morning, all of the places in town that she thought might get copies of Pokemon, like dedicated to this task. And December 23rd, she calls Walmart and they say, we have four copies. We haven't checked them into inventory yet. So they're not going to be available for sale until later today. My mom says, look, this is the only gift that my daughter has asked for for Christmas this year. I will call my mother as soon as I hang up the phone and she will come and buy the game. Can you hold one for me? And this guy is whiffling and waffling and finally goes, we'll hold it for 30 minutes. All right. My mom hangs up the phone, gets on the phone with my man. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care what you're doing. Go to Walmart right now. And my nan lives 25 minutes away from this Walmart. So she's in her night robe. She's got curtains in her hair. She throws on a pair of pants. She throws on her coat. But throws one of those plastic hoods over her curlers. Vroom, out the door she goes. And she shows up to Walmart. And she's like, this is like a little old 90-pound lady booking it through Walmart to the video games department. She gets there and she's like, Hello, I'm here to buy Pokemon for my <laughs> granddaughter. And she actually knew what Pokemon was because I was super into the card game. And I was actually a gym leader at the local game store. I helped what them the hell? So she knew what Pokemon was, which is pretty cool considering she was like 70 plus at the time. And so she, the guy's like, all right. He kind of looks her up and down, whatever. It's like, <laughs> so the game. I got to judge. Right. Your money's good, whatever. Yep. And so she gets there and she buys it and he bags it up and hands it to her and goes, your granddaughter is the luckiest kid in the world. (laughs) 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 Luckiest little kid in the world. And my man looks straight at this guy and goes, little kid, my granddaughter's 17. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. Yep, you know what? I've heard the story before, but it's been a, few, a couple of years at least. And oh, God, yep, still just oh, as good. At the twist. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, what what, what great grandparents do for their um, borderline adult grandchildren <laughs> in Pokemon? My nan, uh, I miss her a lot, but my nan was really cool. Uh, I just have, I have so many great stories about my nan. She's also the person who both took me to get my first tattoo and narked on me to my mom. That's right. I remember hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, Anna, it is so weird that this is like technically like the first time you and I have like really talked. And like this, this has to be what it's like to like meet like a podcaster that you like have listened to for a long time, like in person. And you have this like weird relationship with them and they have no idea who the hell you are. But it's like, I know all your stories. You're like, oh, God, it's weird <laughs> we've like exchanged games over the years more than once too well, okay that's that is very true that is very true yeah you you did buy my copy of final fantasy tactics from me or uh, advance oh. final fantasy tactics advance i love that game but we should talk about pokemon <laughs> yeah we should <laughs> we should okay uh so those that, that's our personal histories and um well i i jokingly said that i should be a um 
up for uh, Pokemon Professor at this point after the notes I took for this, but um, I think Anna is our resident Pokemon uh, master at this point, because after all of that, oh my god, yeah, I, I didn't realize you had played that many Pokemon games, so... <laughs> A lot of Pokemon. Yeah, it's um, one of the things that I try to do for the RP Gamer podcast is I try to play something new every week. So when you do that, you tend to play a lot of games. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you uh, you succeed in that very much. I'm like, every week, it's like, how many games has she beaten this week? <laughs> <laughs> how many Pokemon movies have you seen, though? Oh, gosh. Oh, I have a good story for that one, too, if you want. <laughs> you know what? So- Let's just go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> So as I mentioned, I, I was really big into the Pokemon card game when, when it first came out. And in fact, the first movie came out um, right around the time that the, the card game was kind of hitting its stride. And so we had a movie theater in inside of our mall across from the EB Games. So I'm like, well, this movie line is really long. They're not going to let us in. I'm going to go to EB Games and buy a couple packs. And the problem that I had is I'd almost completed an entire base set with like all foils and everything, but I had no Venisars, no regulars, no foils, no nothing. So every time I ripped open a pack, I flipped to the back card to see if I could just get this last damn card that I needed. And so I bought two packs and I opened the first one, whatever. Open the second pack, shiny Venisar. (gasps) And I screech at the top (laughs) of my lungs and go bolting out of the store because my friend that I collect cards with is holding my spot in the line. And so I, I rung up to him. And I'm like, I got it, I got it, I got the Venusaur. And we're like screaming and jumping up and down with each other. And then all of a sudden behind us chuffs the, this employee from EV Games. And he like taps me on the shoulder. He's like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I just got Venusaur. And he just gives me this blank look. <laughs> are you okay? Oh, God. Apparently I, apparently I screamed a little louder than I thought I did. <laughs> Uh, my uh, my my cheesy uh, Pokemon the first movie uh, story is I was late for work I called in late for work uh, because I was having car troubles and in my head I justified it with that the my car is not in the movie theater hence I can't get at it and get to work right now so I was like yep yeah, there's my car troubles it's not in the movie theater so I guess tough luck <laughs> I was a I was a responsible 16 17 year old boy going to go see the uh, first Pokemon movie <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's get on to the development notes and uh, trivia stuff like that. Before we get started there, I did want to actually throw out uh, some credits because 
I did a lot of research, but I pulled from people who did even more research and put even more legwork into it than I did. So I did want to thank Game Informer for their cover story, which I pulled a ton of information from. Uh, Brian Shea wrote the cover story for Game Informer, so that was a huge help for me there, pulling like development notes and a bunch of trivia facts. The IGN Sword and Shield wiki guide was huge and just a walkthrough and some other little trivia things that I just wasn't quite sure on. And that was kind of a nice little place to shore up my facts basically to make sure I had it right and the walkthrough and other little random bits of info I also got from the Sword and Shield strategy guide um, and the Gala region Pokedex um, and that was made by the Pokemon Company International so yeah most of the information is from them so if anything is wrong it's probably well it's probably me transposing it so I, I'm sure they did their due, due diligence and I'm just the idiot who just can't yeah <laughs> I literally typed out in short form for the most part like 3,700 words for this podcast so <laughs> a lot of it was just like oh hey I'll try to get this as concise as possible and I ended up writing a mini novel over this thing so anyway <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go over this and you guys just interject as you as you kind of want to here so for Pokemon Let's Go that served as a stepping stone in a way to kind of learn the basics of working on the Switch in a HD platform it gave him a chance to implement wild Pokemon appearing in the environment on a smaller scale, where, as we see in this game, the wild area is just this gigantic open area. And I think having that little bit of experience on how, like, how they pop up and everything was probably a good little, uh, like, yeah, we, let's do this on a smaller form scale was probably nice. And doing something familiar, like just remaking red, blue, and yellow was probably, I think, a smart move. Because they've also never developed on a HD console, and... They're coming to this, Anna, what would you say, like 15 years late um, of finding that developing for an HD console is a lot harder than a standard definition thing. Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did love that. Like, just everybody just, oh, my God, it takes so much work to develop for these systems. What the hell? And. I, I forget, like, what one a podcast it was back in the day, but, like, they were talking about... They had, like, one person literally just, like, working on some of the rocks for Final Fantasy thirteen. I'm like, you had one person rendering rocks for a game. It's like, you are never going to get this game out the door if you keep doing that. Almost did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, thankfully, they figured out how to reuse assets and the like. But anyway... They nearly doubled the core team size uh, since Sun and Moon. They bumped up their staff to about uh, 180 to 200 members, which means 90 to like 100 members working on Sun and Moon, which you think about just like the development process for games. That that feels small. Yeah. If you ever, if you yeah. ever sat through like an Assassin's Creed ending credit sequence, which is if you start <laughs> it now, by the time we get through these two podcasts, might still be going on. Yeah, it's like any Ubisoft game at this point is just a mile of credits. Um, yeah, and also they put them out relatively frequently too. I mean, because there was was Omega Ruby and Sapphire before Sun and Moon. Mm -hmm. It was like what a year or two before. I think it was a year. I mm -hmm. I think Pokemon's yeah. been annual for um maybe has it has it missed a year since it hit the X DS? I think or... even the DS. I don't I don't think it missed a year. I guess I could have looked that up, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it does kind of show in some ways, but yeah, it's, it's still like not, I mean, 180, 200 members is still not that, not that big. So especially for a switch title, mm -hmm. they did outsource 
a bit for this one, had some external partners, the localization team for nine languages, and the marketing department. With all of those people combined, the director of the game, uh, Shigeru Omori, estimated around a thousand people would appear on the credits. And if I'm remembering, that just kind of felt about right when I was watching the credits roll on, on the game. It seemed like there was a lot of people involved in this one compared to most other Pokemon games. Well, and I actually love this. I mean, I'm perfectly biased because I'm a contractor, external contractor and an external partner for game companies. But like, I love this idea of like these external partners becoming a mainstay at the larger developers, because beforehand, if you were like, for example, a QA or which is one of the things that I do for companies, you would get hired, do a QA for a game. And unless they immediately had another game for you, you got fired. Oh, now, if you're an external contractor for something like this, for example, you work at Pole to Win, you're getting contracts from multiple game companies. And so you're not always going through this hiring firing process. You're just working at one place and doing games one after another. Oh, OK. Yeah. And See I think it I think it creates a better quality product because you're not spinning people up and then spinning them down. Yeah. I can't personally see me going into a, like a job and then knowing once I'm done with this, I'm I'm possibly out of work. So it's just like, yeah, I, I kind of want to like not not like get this wrapped up too too quickly. This way, you keep paying me. <laughs> not to say that Sword and Shield didn't have some bugs in it. Ooh. Oh yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, those, <laughs> so, those will come up. <laughs> yeah. I think there's about uh, half the frame rate um, that the Switch is still trying to process from about, you know, 40 hours worth of me being in the wild area. So, yeah, <laughs> could almost make a separate game on that. <laughs> making making games is hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I try my best to not criticize, yeah. like, technical stuff because God knows I can barely get a podcast to sound professional. So, yeah. it's, but sometimes, yeah. But sometimes, you know, it's... It, you know, it's a little. It can still be a little questionable. Yeah, you're like, come on. It's like, just come on, man. What were you guys doing? <laughs> it's like you, you've got the you've got the money of Nintendo like behind you. I mean, surely you could have fixed like the frame rate thing. No, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Omori said the team looked at changing the number of moves each Pokemon could learn. Um, according to uh, now, Anna, I don't know if your Japanese is maybe better than me or mine. That's a yes, I, I would guess. I, I got the Gomenisai, and that's about it. No, that means sorry, I'm a dumb Canadian. Kemi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you apparently have the uh, fluency of, of, a, of a five-year-old, which is probably more than me. I can suss my way out through about three words before I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty bad. And what I had, that was like high school, so it's mostly gone now. Oh, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> the interesting thing is, is, I always feel like if you're going to have the Japanese of a five-year-old, you should play either Pokemon or Dragon Quest because they're all Hiragana, right? Yeah, exactly. So, Yeah, exactly. Kanji's just like, too much. <laughs> I, I, just, I just love the fake confidence there, John. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it till you make it. Uh, uh, John has heard this before, where if you have too many syllables in a word, I just, my, my Japanese just falls apart. Like, I can sort of, like, suss my way through a word, and, and it's like, pronouncing it but you have like more than like three syllables and my, i just start like uh it just kind of turns into just me turning a mush mouth yeah so this is yeah pretty much uh, <laughs> anyway uh so according to kazumasa iwao i believe is how you would say that uh the planning director for sword and shield 
Quote, if you make it five or even more than five, that makes it so a lot of Pokemon can really do anything and it becomes a lot harder to read what your opponent might do because there are just that many, many more possibilities of moves they could use. He would also say, quote, if you reduce it by one to three, you really start seeing there are haves and have nots in the Pokemon world. Like these Pokemon are obviously way stronger than the rest of these Pokemon. We keep coming back and finding that four is the right number for the current battle system, but it is something we revisit, end quote. So I think that's nice that they always do kind of keep looking at it. You would figure, you know, you kind of, I don't want to say, that's sort of the one thing I feel like you could kind of rest on your laurels for. Like, four is a good number, right? No, I agree. The four, I, th- I wish it was easier to relearn old moves um, within than it is. But the four itself is fine with me. I, 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 like, being, I like having the forcing you to make it make choices on what you have to use and again and they're right it doesn't make it it make because if you had five like that's that's just a whole other set of possibilities that someone could have when you're when you're going against them which would just be like learning a whole new game honestly at that point so but i do wish it was easier to relearn moves after um after the fact if you if you want if you want them back and it's easier than ever in this one but we'll get we'll get to that so yeah yes it is it is easier, <laughs> easier than ever but it's still not as Nice that would like it to be. But. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to go into a menu and just pop it down, but you know, oh, whatever. Yes. So yes. anyway, <laughs> once it had been decided that the new region would be based on the United Kingdom, Game Freak turned to James Turner, a British national who had been designing Pokemon since black and white. He ended up being named art director for Sword and Shield, and in regards to getting the area just right, Turner said, quote, the greenery of the countryside, the patchwork farmlands. That's a really beautiful aspect. The pretty small towns and the big cities as well. They can be really impressive. I wanted to get that across in the game, end quote. By so, the way, yes. if you want to hear something that will send you into peals of giggles, Uh-oh. find interviews of James Turner in Japanese because oh, no. he he's like finishing school English. And so like listening to him speak in Japanese and that upper crust accent is <laughs> amazing. Sounds fun. Oh, God. That sounds really, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> that sounds like a delightful time. I mean, it can't be any worse than me trying to get my way through Japanese. So, <laughs> yeah. at, at least he's, at least he's decent at it. So, anyway, um, so as far as naming the legendaries go, now, if I'm getting this, like, pronunciation right, you maybe you guys can jump in and correct me, because I've been saying Zacian, but... I, said Z- I say Zacian. Zacian, yeah, yeah it's okay. Z- it's supposed to be Zacian yeah. and Zama Zenta. Because it's, it's cyan. cyan. I, guess, I, didn't, I, I didn't know this beforehand, but it is cyan, so... Yeah. Zacian. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got that. I just could never figure out how to actually, like, per, like get that over to Zacian, basically. Like, make that suss out properly for Z- myself. Zacian sounds sharp, like a sword, so... Oh, okay, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, but John. Japanese doesn't have really sharp syllables like that, so Zacian makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's true. So, um, director Shigeru Omori uh, said they took inspiration from the color-based naming of previous entries in the series. Quote, I had the initial idea of the Scion and the Magenta. Rather than going 100% straight like that, we played a little bit on the sound, which I think is a pretty good idea, personally. Yeah, it's, it's a pun like they usually do, but it's, you know, it's a more subtle and refined than, than yeah. some of the other, other ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's some ridiculous pokemon names i mean we've we've been <laughs> um and i don't know if you've listened to uh, any of the multimedia failures we've done on the pokemon movies or the podcast at all but it's the that show is just those movies are just so full of puns they're I, a lot of puns borderline so magnificent sometimes and then other times it's just like oh god why did you do yeah. that 
But you'll, if you listen to those, you find Jason learning it, whole new puns in Pokemon. He didn't even realize he didn't realize in the first place. Yes, I have listened to a couple of the movie yeah. ones because <laughs> I like the Pokemon movies. They're delightfully cheesy. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad you listened to those. It's always nice to hear people listen to that because it's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> all this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, John and I are just some. Sometimes I just don't know how we have. I went back for some odd reason and listened to the first like few episodes of that just to see like how long it took us to fight our stride. And it was by the third episode we started sounding defeated. <laughs> so it didn't it wasn't until oh god what was the third i don't even remember what the third movie was uh, oh it was ninja gaiden it was ninja gaiden ninja it was by ninja gaiden we just sounded completely defeated like we were like oh god this is we're, we... that movie sucks ass <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even like bottom third i don't think at this point no, still in the middle. yeah that's that's terrifying to think about so anyway <laughs> back to pokemon so um in the battle tower you can earn mints to change the nature of your pokemon uh hyper training in exchange for bottle caps um, it takes a Pokemon that's level 100, changes its base stats as if it had uh, perfect individual values, IVs, which I didn't know that's what IV stood for. I just sort of always knew it as IVs and just, yeah. I've never gotten into that metagame before. So, uh, but anyway, it kind of helps make a, any Pokemon that you want to use competitive. Uh, this was something hinted at in a, the Game Informer cover story, but Game Freak chose not to elaborate at the time as to the specifics of how they were going to help kind of make that transition for the early Pokemon you catch, keeping them competitive, like online or, you know, amongst your friends this way, you didn't spend all this time, like with a Pokemon that maybe, I don't want to say you kind of bond with a little bit, but I get attached to some of the Pokemon I've got, like the ones I beat X and Y with, like I've got a level 100 Pidgeot that I was like distraught that I could not use in Sword and Shield. So <laughs> I was like, Oh man, I love that Pidgeot. That, that Pidgeot and I have gone through like every single um, 3DS Pokemon game together now, and it's just like that. That I can't bring it up with Sword and Shield was a little bit of a bummer. So that is kind of fucked up. Um, have you guys gotten into the meta game at all? No, no, I'm not. I have never I, been I a Pokemon meta game person. So, I mean, if you want to talk about the card game meta, I can tell you, like back when Fossil was the hotness. <laughs> <laughs> I I have no idea what that sentence means. <laughs> Fossil was the first expansion. For oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> In like 2001. Oh, Jesus. Oh, uh, so oh, 20 years. Oh, okay. Anna, you and I are nearly dust, aren't we? Kimmy, <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I didn't catch that. Did you, have you ever gotten into the metagame? Um, I try not to. I just remember <laughs> spending 500 hours in diamond hatching eggs. Oh, and my God. Never, never again. Good for you. I, yeah, I've never got breeding and any of that stuff has never interested me whatsoever. <laughs> it just sounds like a nightmare. Um, yeah. Are the the forum admin for RP Gamer um, Cassandra or Strawberry Eggs is like seriously into breeding perfect Pokemon? And so at one point she sat me down and walked me through IVs and EVs. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I have no interest in doing this. You're not into Pokemon eugenics? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus, John. <laughs> that's, that's what it is, Jason. It's yes. It's messed up. Yes, I know. It's horrifying when you get right down to it. Yeah. Oh, God. Pokemon's a messed up world. Yeah, they're they're your friends, but they're just so disposable. And just, it's, it's, a, it's a, I don't know. It's like, how, I forget who it was. I, I, I saw this, but like. In what world do you, like, beat the living crap out of something, throw a ball at it, and then it's your friend? 
Pokemon. Pokemon. Yep. There you go. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, hey, I want to make a friend with this person. Go knock the crap out of him and throw a ball. Like, we're best buds. There's yeah. an episode of John Oliver where he pulls up a Jigglypuff on the screen and encourages someone to throw a Pokeball at it. And it explodes into a bloody gory mess. Because, <laughs> no, why did you throw that Pokemon? Pokeball is so hard. <laughs> It's supposed to be gentle. You're not supposed to like launch a fastball at it. It's this really weird non sequitur, but it's the only thing I can think of when I think of John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Creaming that poor Jigglypuff. Oh, poor Jigglypuff. But then he gets mad and then draws stuff on your face while you're asleep. So whatever, screw Jigglypuff. <laughs> I thought Jigglypuff when the anime was a girl. Is it a he? Do we know? You said you said he, so I was like, so. Oh, I, I okay, yeah, maybe it is a girl. It, it probably is a girl. That's I, I'm sorry. That's just me being just yeah, just default guy because I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> you know, you're probably right. It being a girl would make a little bit more sense. You know, it was funny. Like my daughter was bringing up um, that Ash's Pikachu was a boy, and you know, I mentioned I was like, you know, I don't even think when that concept came around that the little like heart thing at the end of the tails. I don't even think it was a thing. So I was like. I always no, thought of Ash's started in Gen three or four. I, yeah, I think so. I always thought of Ash's Pikachu as a girl for some reason. Like it never occurred to me that Ash's Pikachu was a boy. I always thought it was a boy. And like Butterfree was a girl. But Except, awesome. no, Butterfly. Butterfree is a boy because yeah. we know because when he shacks up with another Butterfree. Oh right, the pink she one. has a pink yeah. bow around her yeah. neck, and that's mm -hmm. how you know it's a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I totally forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, I was gonna say. Remember that the heartbreaking wing. scene. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember leaving. <laughs> I just remember the leaving, nothing else. <laughs> Not oh. a shiny Butterfree. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it was a so. Oh man, so Ash. Actually, Butterfree. I think yeah. aren't they both male? Because the female ones have like the big black patch on their wings or something, right? Uh, Butterfree. Asexual. No, but that was Gen One, and we didn't know about gender differences yet. <laughs> yeah. All definitely <laughs> They're like frogs. Maybe Ash's Butterfree is gay. You never know. That's <laughs> true. Be. Hey. Could I be. mean, maybe that lady Butterfree is just really hot and, and she's totally gay for her. Maybe. <laughs> two, two, two lesbian Butterfrees. <laughs> lesbian Butterfrees. <laughs> God. Anyway. Pokemon beautiful. Oh, I love Pokemon. <laughs> it's just the implications of all the things that... The, like the series has brought up by just like what the hell this world when you really start kind of like digging into it you're like it doesn't make any sense at all does it no <laughs>
Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the things that are new in Sword and Shield. So, first up is new Pokemon, which of course is, you know, in every generation. There is 81 new Pokemon and 13 return with new regional variants. Uh, Gigantamax also adds different appearances to some of the Pokemon. And now Creamy, which is... <sighs> Hold on. It has nine different appearances. Let's talk about Creamy for a second, guys. This is a a cake Pokemon that mm -hmm. um, I believe in the Pokédex entry it says it tastes delicious. That means people eat this Pokemon. People eat Slowpoke tails. Yeah, they do. But at least it's just the tails. Like they literally eat this isn't thing. That more, and it, isn't that more messed up? Like, do they is the Slowpoke killed or they just take the tail? Uh, they just take the tail and it grows back. Oh, see, 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 that's but still, it's, still not great. It's illegal though. <laughs> All right. So Wait, in the, all the politics Pokemon in the anime, certain species of Pokemon are explicitly mentioned or depicted as edible, including Magikarp. Isn't oh, is, that's true? They stage them like fried. Isn't that like isn't Farfetch technically like an endangered Pokemon because people ate it constantly? Yeah, I think that was one of the earlier Jen's descriptions. Then remember our milk tank conversation, Jason? Yeah. Oh no, no, we are not having this <laughs> conversation. Um, nope, nope. Anna, Anna, have you seen the picture of Meowth with with no, milk tank? Uh, no. oh, okay. <laughs> you guys don't need to see that picture. Please don't send that to them. They don't need that in their life. <laughs> I'm going to smack you with hot skitty on Waylord action, and then that will ruin everything. Oh, did, you listen to that? did you listen to that episode that we talked about that? Because uh, it's a long conversation. Oh, God. Okay. We, 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 oh, God. So bizarre. Okay. Let's, let's, let's move on there, guys. But yeah. So, El Creamy, does this thing scream when you eat it? Uh, I think it probably enjoys it. <laughs> Is it some kind of weird kink for it, maybe? <laughs> You know, it's just it's just living its purpose. You know, <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know, John. That's why I'm asking. Can we, can we talk about how, to, how it evolves or how it transforms? Right? You just like spin it in different directions, or yes. Like, yeah. And this thing is insane because the form that your alchemy takes not only depends on how fast you spin, how long you spin, but also whether you spin clockwise or counterclockwise. And also day or night. <laughs> Yes, and they are. Oh nice. yeah, and the held item. Yes. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah. I I, no one could figure out how to evolve Inkay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Turn it upside down. Freaking thing upside down. Oh. Yeah, Kimmy and I actually talked about it on the episode of Rock Out with Your Cardo that we did together. <laughs> did yeah. Then <laughs> you'd have to be like laying upside down on the couch, and then just happen to have it level, and you wouldn't even know. But that's what happened. Yeah, like, if you didn't have a guide, how in the hell would you figure that out outside of that method? Like, oh, I'm just sitting here kind of hanging upside down on the couch. Oh, my God, this thing is evolving. What the hell? And that's how you sell guides. <laughs> well, <laughs> you practically have to with Pokemon yeah. games just because it's like, oh, my God, there's so much yeah. crap. So um, now the big controversy of Sword and Shield was the limiting previous Pokemon. Um so it launches with 400 of the available 890 Pokemon with 34 more plus the Alolan uh, regional variants um, having been added since the release of Pokemon Home. Now, like I said, this was a big controversy and Dexit, I just, oh God, I got it. Yeah, Dexit. Yeah, Dexit was uh, ridiculous, but Real dumb. I do think there, I do think there is a, there is a valid complaint in underneath all of that. And, uh, they're taking away half over half of the Pokemon. 
I think more so in the fact that they did that and said they would improve, make the game, make a lot of improvements into the game, and that didn't seem to happen. I, I mean, I don't. Again, I don't develop games, but uh, it seemed like a lot of things they said they were going to improve with the, with less Pokemon uh, didn't actually happen, and then now there's just less Pokemon in the game. Kimmy, how do you feel about it? Um, I mean, I guess it was kind of well. You're always disappointed when some of your favorites aren't making it in. And like at the same time, I can see how it's like they're doing something new with having it on Switch, and you know it's harder to get that many models, like almost nine hundred models and everything. Duh. But they probably could have had a little bit more, like maybe five or six hundred or something. <laughs> but yeah. I like that they're putting more in the DLC, and I, I think it would be cool if they eventually added them all and just kept building on it for a while. I don't know if they yes. will. Yes. Yeah. But that's kind of what I was hoping. Probably what they're gonna do, just, honestly. This is something that I was actually having a conversation with a couple of my friends when the DLC was announced. Mm -hmm. Is like, I want, and we actually wrote an editorial about it on RP Gamer and got all sorts of hate for it. But like, I want to see wait, wait, Pokemon. Wait, wait, wait! You guys got a bunch of hate for something you wrote on RP Gamer. Never, never. It's never happened before. And I, I... <laughs> so we we wrote an editorial okay. proposing Pokemon convert itself into a game as a service. I I was a hundred percent on board with that idea when I read it. And conceptually, the idea would be instead of putting out a game every 18 months, you instead have one Pokemon game every five years or so. Mm -hmm. And for the first three years of the game's life, you put out a couple DLC packs a year. And like, to me, that conceptually is so much better than a new game every time. Yeah, people were so upset about the expansion pack getting announced versus a new version, even though it's cheaper than a new version of the game. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, uh, you, you, guys, you guys would be yeah. buying the damn full game anyway. This is a cheaper way of doing it. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, and I mean, my personal pipe dream is that if they have all of this work that they've put into like 3d modeling and making 3d maps and like having all of these environments and stuff. It's like, you know what? They could turn around and recycle these assets into more side games because honestly, the side games are what I really love about the Pokemon series. I want to see conquest two. I want to see a 3d mystery dungeon. I want to see an XD two. Conquest the the, uh, I want to see Snap too, damn it! I was just gonna say somebody. Some, I was gonna say somebody say it, or I'm gonna be pissed. It's like Snap has to come out. Like it just make it, you I'm cowards! Surprised, I'm surprised Snap hasn't been released, re-released on, on Switch. I so am. I am amazed on oh, the so. Wii Virtual Console and did not sell well. Yeah, I. I bought it. <laughs> yep, I bought, I bought it. it. I bought it. No, even better yeah. is um, my. He's my husband now, but he was my friend at the time, and I was broke. And I was like, Snap came out, and I can't afford it. So he converted his Wii to Canadian, bought me the game, and then converted his Wii back to American. Wow. Because <laughs> you couldn't, on the Wii, you couldn't buy games across regions. That's, yeah, that's right. Wow. Jeez. I, I think we even talked about this in the, like, Wii U sort of um, memoriam or in memoriam episode we did. Um, I I thought the Wii U was the perfect console for a Snap 2. Like, it just seemed like the perfect fit. You could have it on the, you, you know, you could use the Wii U gamepad, you know, the, the uh, Tonka Toy version of the Switch as <laughs> your as your camera. You could have the main game up on the TV. It seemed like the perfect fit, and there was just no talk of it. Didn't seem like anybody was toying with the idea, but instead we got Star Fox Zero. Thanks for nothing. 
<laughs> I remember thinking the exact same thing. It's like, when are they going to make Switch or Snap? Like, they're going to do it, right? And then they re-released it at least, but yeah. it would be really cool to see a sequel on Switch. Instead, I got another bad Star Fox game. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's been a lot of those, unfortunately. So the vast majority, maybe yeah. all they of just, them. Depending can they just talking. crib like a non-Star Fox game and make it Star Fox, like they did with the GameCube one? Oh yeah, that's the true. Di- the, the oh, you mean one? you mean Adventure, right? Because there was two GameCube yeah. ones. There was uh, Assault and Adventure. Which right, one Assault. had Crystal? Uh, that the was Dinosaur Adventure. One Adventure, yeah, because yeah. yeah, that was going to be like Dinosaur Planet or Dinosaur Island or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And then I got turned into Star Fox Adventure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's enough, that's enough Star Fox. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my whole thing with um, I, I I was okay with the 400 because for me it felt like I was coming back at Pokemon kind of fresh. Like mm-hmm. I I felt more inclined to go and catch them all. I'm I'm real close to it. I'm like at 395 right now, and I just need to hit up Gore. Uh, you know, the uh, we we should be doing podcast producer uh, whatever credit on on him for the site at this point. I helped him get all 400 because he needed his uh, his. Pokedex completed so he get a shiny charm because the dude's a shiny hunter. So, and I'm sort of like, I, I'm, I'm literally got like five Pokemon I need. I'm just like, I, I kind of want to throw on the towel at this point. It's like, just, just, okay. I'm, I've, I've been trying. Let me just, just send them over to me real quick so I can get my decks fill up and we'll call it good, man. <laughs> so, but yeah. it's, it's really oh, been, oh yeah, it's been a huge thing for me to keep coming back to the game. Like, I feel like there's not as much for me to remember and, you know, like, I just played Ultra Sun and Ultra, or no, it was Ultra Moon. I was playing just before um, Sword and Shield came out, and I just it was so overwhelming because you could import all of your Pokemon, even though there was no national decks, but you could bring them all forward, and it was just like half the time I was like, "What? What is that Pokemon?" I literally felt like I was at the commercial break for every single episode of, of Pokemon. <laughs> like, who's that Pokemon? Like, I literally, I have no idea what that one is. I have no idea what that one is, and I'm. 400 still seems like a daunting amount of Pokemon, but I feel like I'm seeing these things and I'm like, oh yeah, that is this. Like, okay, that is that type. I mean, granted, you know, since uh, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon, they added in the thing where it tells you how effective an attack's going to be in the type, but I'm actually feeling like I'm remembering Pokemon more now, because when I jumped back into it in X and Y, you have to think that was 700 Pokemon from the 151 I knew. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, where did these... What are these things? I mean, it was literally just like, I've never seen this before. I have never seen this before. Is that a trash bag? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Jason, you're, you, you've probably heard me talk about this before, and you've probably thrown things at your monitor while I've talked about this. But <laughs> I, I am like, I play Pokemon the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I've never used Pokemon Bank. I've never carried over Pokemon. And every time I play a new mainline Pokemon game... I do want to apologize. Uh, GarageBand decided it was going to stop working for the time being, and we lost a little bit of Anna's recording there. We did manage to pick it back up. Uh, so basically, Anna was just saying that she just starts fresh with each generation, doesn't carry over any Pokemon, and uh, yeah, doesn't really bother keeping them around. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and jump back into the conversation. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I... I don't have a. Pro- I also don't have a problem with the the number itself being smaller. Like, uh, and I uh, also use new Pokemon every time because I. I mean, I just, it just gets boring using the same Pokemon all the time. I was just the. It was the, the reasoning to get behind it, um, and not following through on that reasoning was the only problem I had with uh, shrinking shrinking the number. Yeah, it was a little BS. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so honestly, Anna, I'm gonna say no. I don't think you played Pokemon wrong because I don't think you could actually play Pokemon wrong. I think part of the the joy of this series that I love about it is there are so many different ways you can play this. Like you can just be like me who just collects and hoards thousands of these stupid little things for no particular reason. You can do like you do and just you know just play them, check out the new ones, and just kind of be done with it and throw throw them to the side and just delete the little bastards forever and like okay bye see you guys and then you there's that whole meta game thing that you can do where you can like breed the perfect ones and and do like you know competitive matches and stuff like that there's just so much for this series or so many different ways you can play the series that's why it's one of my favorite series because there's literally like no wrong way to play pokemon you can kind of find what you're into for the series and just latch onto it that way and I will say that Sword and Shield actually did a really good job of encouraging me to keep and collect all the Pokemon that I had because you can send them away on jobs. That's cool, too. That was such a have... great system. Because, really... like, when I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was just going to say I really like it because my problem is that you have your main party and then, like, if you're like me, you'll have two, maybe three parties that you'll just kind of swap out when they get over-leveled. You'll just switch a guy or two. But then everyone else stays at whatever level they were when you caught them. And then later you're trying to evolve things and it's just like a slog trying to level things up and, you know, get them to where they should be. But then with the jobs, it's like you send something away and then all of a sudden you're like, this guy's level 80 and I'm pretty sure he was level 18 like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need to worry about grinding them up. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. My only complaint with the Pokemon job system is when they come back into your box, they just come back in every single empty spot from box one down so if you're like me and you're trying to make a living pokedex out of your pokemon boxes you just all of a sudden have that completely destroyed i literally spent like an hour one day fixing it i was like oh i'm not doing this again god damn it, <laughs> it was not yeah, a, that was frustrating uh, yeah then you go to a raid battle and you're like oh i want this one and then you're like where the hell is he <laughs> yeah it's like I, I mean the search feature is nice but it was just like i don't want to sit here and dig through these things because it's just like oh come on guys i that was like the only thing like i the first time i did it i put it on a box that was empty and thinking oh it'll just put it here and then they'll all come back and a couple pages of boxes or whatever that i've got after this will be filled up no 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 from all the all the holes from for the first page all the way down to like six pages down i was like oh are you kidding me god dear girl <laughs> so frustrated <laughs> Got, I got so, so stupidly angry about it. I, I think I did it, and then, like, I didn't touch Pokemon for, like, a week. I was just so pissed off about it. <laughs> uh, so...
so that's sort of the little bit of things that are new here and there. Let's get on to the Wild Area Roundtable. There is so much to do in this thing, um, aside from watching the frames chug to single digits. Oh my god, the frame rate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so bad. Also, can we talk about the resolution on hand, on the handheld versus like the TV? Because it's bad. It's I was just, poo. It's yeah. really... It's As... like... It's like... Because it's, it's noticeably bad. Yeah, as the resident hashtag team handheld, oh, yeah. I, I just don't play my Pokemon. I just don't play my Switch on a TV. The frame rate in the handheld version is bad. Oh, it's not great on TV and if either. I notice it. That's really bad. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not like a big frame rate snob, but I, I notice bad. I still notice bad frame rate, obviously, and it's just it chugs. And the, and it and really not much go, when there's really not that much going on either. It still chugs. Yeah, that's I don't know. I even on like I said even on the TV thing, I I don't have a problem with frame rates dipping here and there. Like I'm not one of those people that's gonna sit there and count frames. You're like, what the hell happened here? But <laughs> when I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my god, this is like playing Shadow of the Colossus. What the hell? Yes. <sighs> it's it's I don't know. It makes, makes Breath of the Wild look good at all times. Yeah, it, it it's almost astounding when you play that game and then go to po the, you know Pokemon. And you're like, oh, come on, guys, really? <laughs> it's like you couldn't have like borrowed a couple people from um oh who's the who's Monolith Soft? Like you couldn't have gotten a couple people from Monolith Soft and like hey, is there any way you could like take a look at the way our camera works and see if you can get our uh, frame rate to not like you know bog down to single digits? Like please. Ugh. <sighs> It's like, come on, just utilize your Nintendo resources and let's just, bah, whatever. So, but anyway, outside of that complaint, I really dig the wild area. There is a ton of stuff to do and just the weather and day and night cycle gives the Pokemon that are spawning just a huge like variance. It almost feels like you never really quite know what the hell is going to be popping up. And I, I really enjoy that feeling. I mean, there's a few spots here and there that it continually will, you know, pop up like the same, like one or two Pokemon. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you're like walking around. And I'm like, oh my god, there's a shit ton of those. Like, I had a Hitmontop pop up today, and I had no idea that thing was gonna spawn out in the wild air. I was like, oh hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I really like that. Uh, I do wish the draw distance was better, so you could they could you could see them over like good. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh oh wait, you don't like them yeah. popping up when you're literally on top of them? <laughs> yes, but I do. It is cool seeing Pokemon in the wild. I will. I think my biggest problem with the wild area is the, um, and I know why they do it is. Uh, keeping you from catching certain like higher level Pokemon, like gating Pokemon for you uh, till you beat certain gym gyms and whatnot. I kind of wish they would just let you if you could like they'd make them so hard but catchable. I, I know that would probably that'd break like the act the like the main line of the, the main line quest of the game uh, with the way they do it. Like I mean, you could obviously they could make this make the game harder, but. I, I think I would just would rather them allow me to catch them if I possibly could than just saying, no, you can't catch this right now. Yeah, that's one of the issues I've, I, I had initially. I was like, why can't I catch that? And I remember, I think I think Brian Shea actually talked about it on the Game Informer show. And I was just like, you can't do That makes like little to no sense to me. I, I don't understand the decision because most of the time, if your Pokemon are too strong for you, they just don't listen to you. They just sit there and kind of ignore your ass. Mm -hmm. And I, I would be okay with that. Like, just like, yeah, don't don't listen to my commands. That's fine. Just let me catch you. It's like, I literally just want to catch you for my Pokedex, okay? I'm never going to use you, Onyx, but let me catch you for my Pokedex. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, if the collector in me is just like, just let me catch this Pokemon. It'd be kind of cool to catch a, a really high-level Pokemon really early in the game. Yeah. yeah. And 
What if it's a shiny and then you're not allowed to catch it? Oh, oh God. I've not had that happen to me, but that sounds awful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I could only, yeah. I would be furious and I would imagine I'd, I'd probably be helping Gore buy a new switch because he'd probably crack it in half if that happens. <laughs> Oh, so, but yeah, there's a lot to do there. Um, one of the things I, I kind of like, but it was a sort of a replacement for in um, like X and Y, and uh, like Sun and Moon, where you could kind of like play with your Pokemon a little bit. Except they got rid of getting like status effects a little bit more easily um, off your party. Is the camping and the cooking area, and I know you went nuts on the curry decks. I loved cooking curry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As soon, like, I, I just kind of did the wild area roundtable and I was like, I've got to put in some, like bullet points here because I knew for sure you were going to want to bring up the curry decks because I messed with it a little bit and I was like, well, I got enough to get my, my Pokemon's hit points back up to par and I'm, I'm good. So, but yeah, much I like in real I life, I can't cook. <laughs> 120 or Holy. so of the recipes. And oh. by the way, there's 151 curry recipes. I love that. That's a perfect callback. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I um I think I have like twenty maybe. <laughs> I was like, okay, well this this one seems to come out with a good recipe. I'm just gonna stick with this. Well, and I I love all of the details that they have in the wild area. Like, um, I talked about how I use different Pokemon every time. So mm. I had my sort of solid party of four, and then I was trying to figure out the last two Pokemon to fill it in. Um, and so I was looking up Pokemon and Pokemon. I'm like, hey. Obama snow is ice and grass, and that would be a really good fill-in for my party because that gives me some some mm -hmm. functionality that I just don't have. And so what I did is I went and found, um, I don't remember what the predecessor of Obama snow is, the little tree-looking thing. Over. Uh, yeah. Over. Thank you. <laughs> so I went and caught one of those, but it was like 40 levels below my team. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I took the, the experience candy that I had gained from doing um, um, uh, game battles, battles yeah. in the wild area. And I leveled it up to the appropriate level for my party and just slotted it right in. And I thought that was great. There is a lot of quality of life improvements mm -hmm. just that the wild area kind of helped implement. Like the rare candy thing was kind of like they were so few and far between that it didn't really help having them for the most part, but the experience candy is just a wonderful way to fill it in and getting it. The only way you can get them is from the, um, the Dynamax raid battles and it encourages you to go do that, catch Pokemon and the Pokemon that tend to be in those raid battles also tend to have higher stats. So it's also a good way to get a stronger team if you're looking for that. So I, I, I think it was like, a week ago, I caught an Espeon, and that was, like, the only one of the Eevee Evolves I needed. So, it's like, oh, wow, that's good timing, and it's got good stats. I'm probably never going to use the thing, but well, now it is sitting in my box. They also have their Dynamax power partially powered up if you catch them from a raid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is really great. And then it's noticeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... Um, and then there's also the... Uh, I guess the limited time event ones that are the Gigantamax ones... Where, you know, Snorl the Snorlax one is probably my favorite, where he's so large, he has, like, a literal, like, forest on his stomach. Yeah, it's really good. Some of, some of those Gigantamax ones are just really good really good designs. I'm a big fan of a lot of them. Like, like the Duraludon turned into a literal skyscraper is, is pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think... Gengar uh, is so amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big Gengar fan over here, and yes, he, he is. The like the flame Charizard is pretty cool. Like 
I really dig that. It was just nice kind of having like the one starter from the other series that was in there just has this like other kind of alternate form when you Gigantamax. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then the Butterfree! The Butterfree just was like a nod to Mothra kind of. Yes. <laughs> just like, oh, there's so much cool stuff. Anyway, so yeah, the, like the Dynamax thing adds this just huge, huge reason to keep coming back to the wild area. I want to talk about the Dynamax and Gigantamax a little bit more kind of on its own here in a little bit. So let's finish up our... Uh, our like wild area discussion because there's a lot of stuff you can do there too um did any of you guys do the rotom rally by chance once okay <laughs> so i was like this seems terrible i never did it again okay was it, it worth it i don't i i never touched it can john you want to you want you want to tell me about it because i never bothered yeah, you, ever, with you, it. Ever, you ever you ever have driven through checkpoints on a race before yes yep there it is oh cool <laughs> right on so well yeah are there rewards yeah, I, for it you get um, what's the currency? Uh, the energy currency, whatever. I forget what it's called. Oh, watts. Uh, watts. Watts. Yeah, watts. You get watts, I believe. Uh, I'm sure you get way better stuff if you do a lot of them, but it's. Yeah, I was not gonna do that. I um. <laughs> it probably did more than I want to admit to because the easiest oh, way to buy cooking ingredients is with watts. <laughs> so yeah, I did a lot of dumb things that gave me watts. <laughs> A lot of things I'm not proud of. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can uh, you you can just talk to like people online, and they'll, they'll give you like cooking ingredients. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I played a lot of Waldaria with the internet on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. sure an experience. Yeah, oh boy, I'm sure in handheld mode, that's a delightful experience. <laughs> oh no, it's 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 trash. Yeah, yeah. It sure sounded like it. I I was actually trying to do that earlier today. Um, I took my son somewhere and my daughter and I were in the car and we were playing online kind of together and using my phone as a hotspot and it was just like oh my god why 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 how did this get through anything where they were like yeah this is okay let's put it out in the wild like this the thing that I both love and hate about the wild area is it has all of these really good ideas and really bad implementation mm, yeah and like to me that just that kills my enjoyment of something like if you're going to make something, please make it good. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, yeah. But, I, yeah, it just feel, it feels like it's, it's a good, like, rough draft for what for what you want out of the wild area, but not like a final product. But this is, they gave us the final product. Um, so I think it will get better over time, like in other iterations. But right now it's... It's still cool, like the first time you're seeing all these Pokemon running around in 3D is neat, but uh, it's it's not like the open world-ish the kind of thing I would I would prefer um, from Pokemon yeah. at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then there's also the weird, I, I mentioned it earlier, but just like some of the weird oddball conditions for finding some Pokemon. Um, Kimmy, you and I had talked about the, uh, the Yamask in the wild. Yeah. Oh, God. What, yeah. what were the conditions you remember off the top of your head? Was that the one to evolve it? It has to be, you have to be in a certain place and it has to be missing a specific amount of health or something. I think so. And then it's, it's kind of silly. <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah, nothing. So, um, in order to evolve to Cafagrius, um, not a lowland variant. Uh, it, Galarian. Thank you. Galarian variant. <laughs> it has to have lost a minimum of 50 hit points and not fainted in a single battle. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's that's not arbitrary <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. God. God love you, Game Freak. I don't know what I the love, hell. 
that that Pokemon actually couldn't be traded for an entire generation because it has F-A-G in the name. Oh. Are you? I had no idea about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, in Generation 5, you couldn't um, trade any Pokemon that had offensive words in its name. Yeah. So Whether it's a nickname or not. But if you nicknamed it, could you... Yes, you, you could. Yep. Yeah. I... But then you're stuck with somebody's stupid nickname for it, so... Oh, God. I just... Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, Cofagagress running around that are literally called stupid name. So so if it, if it faints once, it won't evolve? Not... Um, so it's complicated. So it has to <laughs> points That's yeah. in the battle. And then you have to travel to a specific map. Oh. And between the time that it's lost the 50 hit points and you travel to, what is it, the, the Dust Bowl or whatever it's called. <laughs> mm-hmm. So between the time it loses 50 hit points and you go to that map, it can't faint. So not only can it not faint in the battle that it loses at least 50 hit points, but it actually can't faint after that either until you've traveled to where you need to go. Real dumb. ridiculous. Real, real dumb. That's all I can say. (laughs) So, oh, God. Um, There's the Digging Brothers where you can get a bunch of, uh, like, weird items and stuff, which... Um, if you're like me, where you have literally, like, a quarter of a million uh, watts at this point, um, you can just never worry about money again because it just let the guy with the stamina or the like, one one has a good stamina and will dig up a bunch of stuff but that's it's not as rare and the other one's stamina kind of sucks and will dig up a few items that are a little bit more rare than the other and you can sell them off at the shops and just never worry about money again because i think i'm at like two million uh whatever the pokemon dollars are po- pokebucks at this point so yeah it's just like okay well there's that it's and it's also a weird way to get some of the fossils that i, I want to talk about later because i don't know <laughs> the fossil pokemon in this one <laughs> so they're uh, really good oh wonderful <laughs> yeah uh okay so real quick here uh let's let's kind of plow through this because we need to get to the walkthrough we haven't even touched base on that yet um we have the automatic experience sharing which was a little bit of a point of contention for some people i don't understand why it was such a big deal because if I, I don't know. Anyway, I, no. I, mean, I think I think the only problem was that it wasn't a toggle like it was before. Yeah. So which I don't I feel like, yeah, they should just left it as a, as a toggle for people that want to want that. You know, they that grind back in Pokemon, I guess. I think I might have written some of my notes while I was still high after my kidney surgery, uh-huh. <laughs> because the thing that I have. For EXP share, it says hook that shit up into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds like a perfectly rational thought, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, and I mean, I've, I've talked about this before on the RPG cast, but one of the things that I think about when I think about how Pokemon has evolved and people are like, it's too easy now. Yeah, it's always it's always been a little bit easy because surprise, it's a children's game. Uh-huh. But the thing that I think about is like, all right, when I was playing Blue, I got super stuck on the fighting gym. And so what I ended up doing is I ended up going out, I caught a Pidgey, it was level three, and then I had to grind it up to Pidgeot, which is like uh, level 38 of, of evolution or something like that. Some, yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, Pidgeot. 36. 36, I'm sorry. My bad. Um, and so like, Off while the podcast I was now. doing that <laughs> grinding, yeah, I'm just fired from the <laughs> While I was doing that grinding, I had to go into a battle with Pidgey in my first slot, and then I had to switch it out, and then I had to finish the battle with whatever Pokemon I switched to. Lather, rinse, repeat. It took me hours to get it up to level 36. Yeah, that wasn't fun. 
that's not a good way of using my my time in the game. Like, yeah, when I was, you know, 13, cool, whatever. Um, be, and that was typical game design 25 years ago. But now you just give me that EXP share because and give me those EXP candies. Because like I said earlier, I, I brought my Obama Snow from a really low level into, all right, this functions in my party right now. And I appreciated that. Yeah, God forbid in 25 years, uh, Game Freak has learned anything that respects the player's time occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I feel... Oh, sorry, yeah, it's easy. Oh, sorry. It's, it's easier to do that, but grinding a Pidgeot wasn't hard. It was just tedious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah grinding in general, is just that's probably it's just a tedious thing I don't want to... I never want to do, which turns off a lot of older RPGs. And yeah, I really appreciate my all my Pokemon leveling up at the same time. Yeah. Well, and I... I feel like as like you're grinding through your initial party when you're going through the story and stuff, when you're just catching up other guys, it's kind of like going back and playing other levels. It's like, why, you know? And then when you do get the XP share in like red and blue, it's like right at the end of the game too, right? And then the stupid credits after you win a battle, so-and-so gained with XP all 28 experience points. The other guy gained with XP yeah. all, and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh great, I think they I just and you couldn't throw it, you couldn't turn it off, so you had to throw it in the box. <laughs> <laughs> it's like great. Now it, it, me reading this is taking longer than the actual battle did. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a quality of life thing that I'm like perfectly all right with. It's like, hey, you don't want your Pokemon to gain a level? Keep it in the damn box, okay? Who cares? It, it's so easy to get to the box now. It's like just just quit your belly aching. I don't want to hear it. I just God forbid that you know you make something a little bit more accessible to people. I just. And then, I don't know if you guys saw the some of the comments on the Kotaku uh, posting of that seven-year-old who won the uh, uh, Junior League Championship. Oh, God. Just, I, this is one reason why, like, I've kept my daughter and my son away from ever, like, you know, kind of just getting, like, a little section of something like a podcast with them to do, like, talk about a game or a movie that we watched together. Because the internet is a just dreadful place and it's like well actually the whole reason that the seven-year-old one is because the metagame is so much easier now and there's something i'm like oh my god dude you are like a 37 year old man you're picking apart a seven-year-old who just won a, a junior league pokemon thing get a life dude jason <laughs> yes the community manager would like to remind you never read the comments uh yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's uh <laughs> number one of being on the internet is never I, read the comments I, you know what unfortunately it was sent to me because he was like look at my friend was just like look at this tool like what i was like oh it just made me so angry and i started started replying i was like no jason why why nobody cares this guy nobody cares about nobody knows who he is nobody's gonna care and this seven-year-old now has more fame than this guy ever will in his life and that i think is justice for all <laughs> so <laughs> anyway let's move on um so surprise trade uh replaces the wonder trade that was introduced in x and y which functionally kind of works the same but there's also this weird like it just seems to take longer to get through it because you have to like confirm like three times i think to get through it and just like oh come on really but the nice thing is you can kind of get up and move at the same time and do stuff, but if you go in a Pokemon battle, it pauses the trade thing, which is a real pain in the ass. So it's like, oh, I can't even technically grind while this is going on. Okay, I don't. Well, know. and Wonder Trade is now part of Pokemon Bank, right? Yeah, uh, it, which is weird too, because that seems to take a while. Like I literally had a Pokemon in my, uh, in my 
box for like an hour and nothing. Yeah, it's part of Pokemon Home, which it's separate discussion. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to get into it. I've not heard good things about that. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I like the idea. I'm not a fan of the implementation, unfortunately. So, but anyway, um, there's now two Pokemon nurseries. So if you're into hatching, uh, you know, the IVs and looking maybe hatching yeah, a shiny a Pokemon. You're a sick monster. <laughs> Uh, so Gore and I are sick monsters, I suppose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's also a good way of if you're looking for a living Pokedex. Uh, you know, you just get the uh, evolve form, and then you just uh, you know breed the baby form. So there, that's, that's a way of doing it. Um, auto saving, which you know, honestly, it's a good feature for younger players. Like my son, I can't tell you how many times has exited out of a game and lost all of his progress because he's five and doesn't know to save his game. So. <laughs> Uh, so this has been good for him because he literally will catch something, think like he would catch something in Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon and come back and like, where that Pokemon go? I was like, did you save it before you turned it off and took the game out? Oh, I was like, oh, okay, well, no, it's gone, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> and then because he's sad, uh, daddy has to go and breed him one and trade it to him. So <laughs> yeah, because I'm a sucker for my kids. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the auto saving. I turned it off personally. I don't like, I, I remember to do it and it's also i guess if you're wanting to catch like a certain nature for the legendaries you can just keep respawning because that that's something people do i had no idea people did that but i guess that's what like i said pokemon you can kind of play this however you want if you want to repeat the same battle for a hundred hours hoping for the right nature i guess you can do that so have any of you guys done that before nope (laughs) i don't breed i I actually got uh i'm starting to think that um um John and I are like long lost twins because I don't breed <laughs> and like everything he's saying is like I'm just nodding along to myself but I actually got a Japanese shiny ditto and as soon as I got it I traded it to my friend I'm like here you go man oh I'm- see that's good wow oh yeah <laughs> yeah those are, those are really good for Leto, breeding please thing. enjoy breeding over there it's like you, you have fun making the ditto um have sex with other Pokemon. <laughs> making making the, the, the ditto ditto, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we're terrible people. <laughs> so, all right. Let's uh, let's get through the uh, Dynamax and Gigantamax thing here. Um, I mentioned Omori earlier. He said the inspiration for the Max Raid ba- battles was his experience playing the Pokemon, or playing Nintendo 64 in the same room with his friends. The idea came before Pokemon Go implemented them, but seeing the success of those and the ease of having a group of friends or strangers kind of come together to take on and then catch a really strong Pokemon, convince him Sword and Shield had it to have that element included in it. Omori said Game Freak wanted to do something similar on a 3DS entry, but, quote, if you showed some huge Pokemon, the limited resolution would probably make the playable character uh, be like a single pixel or something, end quote, (laughs) which I got a nice kick out of that. I was like, yeah, that's... I was, um watching a couple battle or like tournament battles with my daughter on YouTube. And I was kind of pointing that out to her. She's like, Oh my God, you, that looks so silly, daddy. I was like, yeah, I bet you that would look ridiculous. <laughs> um, this feature also made the game more exciting to see from like an outside perspective on that. Omori said, quote, if you're playing on the TV, there's probably going to be other people in the house, like your family or your parents. We wanted to make what you were doing impressive or something that makes it look like if the kid is playing it and mom comes by like, wow, you're doing something really cool there. Kind of like the idea of being a sports player, for example. It's impressive to watch a sport, and maybe the kid is, like, a really powerful sports player, end quote. So I thought that was kind of a nice way of explaining what Dynamax and Gigantamax, like, why they implemented it the way they did. Because visually, it is 
really kind of cool. Uh, you know, we talked about like some of the Gigantamax forms, um, but just seeing these gigantic Pokemons that you and three other people have to team up with, to, it can take up to 10 turns per battle, or if you have four Pokemon faint, it just blows you right out of the uh, uh, the den or whatever it is, which I want to know, what in the hell, like you go into this den, but then there's a sky in the den, and how does that work? Do any of you guys have any idea how this concept works? Like, just like in a Bloodhound gate. Yeah, <laughs> you're actually in hell. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So you're in Pokemon <laughs> Hell. What? Yeah. Ultimate yeah, dimension. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems be, really weird. Maybe that's what the inside of Pokeballs look like. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's horrible. I've never. No, I don't want my friends in there. That's terrible. I like, now I need to get my little. Why that's so happy when they come out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like, no, I'll fight. I'll fight. Just leave me out of here, please. Pikachu spent, Pikachu spent twenty years <laughs> not wanting to go in that. <laughs> He's like, I've been in there. I've got PTSD from that. It's oh god. So I'm a really big fan of this thing. It it's really just been kind of nice to like. It I think it's a great way of sort of grinding and it being interesting to do because you go beat this thing and you get candies to help level up the rest of your parties. <laughs> it's it's just great. I. I love the implementation of this. This is like one of the few ideas that I think that they really like fully kind of developed and it was implemented really well. It's my kids will like be in the other room and they'll hear like, you know, the, the sound of a, of a Pokemon Dynamaxing and they'll come running out like, Oh, what are you fighting daddy? I love that they explode when you beat them too. I'm a big fan of that. (laughs) It's it's ridiculous. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I, I do like out of all the recent features they've added like from X what are X moves and I forget what all this shit's called mega the, mega uh, evolutions and then yeah, Z mega, moves yeah those, those moves I think I like this the best out of all those I feel like it's uh, at least visually the most interesting to me mm-hmm. and uh, I I do my I do kind of think it slows battles down a, a little bit sometimes too much for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, when you're doing gym battles, the fact that they always end with a Gigantamax Pokemon is yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah, it's kind of lame. I mean, but it, uh, then again, it also is kind of cool doing that in a big stadium. I do like this. I do like the stadium stuff they do in this one. And yeah, I yeah, overall, I think it's pretty cool. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I think it's really cool too. And these games in general, like Sword and Shield, it's weird because. It's like Pokemon has never been so casual, but it's also never been so competitive. Like just the way you can like change the natures of things and you can make any Pokemon pretty well, like perfect for competitive. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, there's all these things that make it so easy, like the camps. You can just heal your whole party wherever you want. Doesn't matter. You can switch to the box. So you've got like hundreds of guys at your disposal all the time. You know, it's it's kind of kind of interesting how it's like both extremes at the same time if you're a freak like me and have like 12 mewtwo's you can just be like oh this mewtwo fainted all right next mewtwo let's go buddy yeah (laughs) the world's most powerful pokemon i've got 12 of you guys come on let's go it's like yeah just whatever oh hey here's the shiny one i have okay cool (laughs) but yeah i i really like this dynamax and gigantamax thing it my one complaint with it is what you said john is just everyone except the peers battle it always ends with the Dynamax or Gigantamax and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll just save this for then. So, yeah. That song, though. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Yes.
I personally would say m- most of the music that's good is battle music in this thing. And I'm as a guy who's like been a fan of Pokemon music for a long time, even though some of it's pretty simple, I, I kind of bounced off this soundtrack pretty hard. Yeah, the, uh, I you know, in the open world, the walking around music is pretty forgettable. But I do like I, the battle themes are all really good to me. I do like that when you're in the stadium battles, the like crowd sings along. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a nice touch. When yeah, someone I, I, pointed that out to me. I was like, <gasps> yeah, the stadium, the stadium, all the all the stadium stuff is great. I'm a big fan of the stadium stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that you can't change your uniform. Like, I kind of want to change my yeah. Uniform, also, but, the hair uh, options, at least the ones that I came across, maybe there are better ones that I just didn't find for at least the guy are all terrible. I hate the hair. <laughs> There's a lot of things I hate about the character creation for the guys. I'm going to say um, I'm going to start a new game on S.H.I.E.L.D. to catch some of those over there and get the um, the legendary from that one. And so I can also get a second um, of the, uh, what is it, Eternus? Uh, so I can get a second Eternatus. one of those. Eternatus, yeah. Get a second yeah. one of those. I'm playing as a girl because, God, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that here in a minute. But, yeah, I just can't stand the guy character in this i'm just like oh this guy sucks and then i see my daughter playing and she's got all these cute options and these cute backpacks i'm just like i i picked the wrong gender for this game this sucks (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'm i'm saying it right now every pokemon game for now and i'm probably playing as a girl because the girls seem to have much better clothing options than the guys do so yeah Anyway, um, let's go ahead and let's take a quick break and let's move on to the walkthrough section. So we'll actually get to the game club portion of this. So, yeah, I don't really have a nice little smooth segue for that. So <laughs> we'll be got to catch them all. Gotta, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> And we are back, and we're going to talk about the actual game of Pokemon Sword and Shield. So rather than just the sort of like the mechanics and some of the developmental stuff, we're going to actually kind of go through and game club this and go from kind of start to finish. Uh, we're going to split this up into two parts. I've got an idea about where we're going to stop right now. It just depends on um, how long this part goes at, as far as like where I'm going to end up stopping this one. But the second part will be us wrapping up the walkthrough and kind of all of our final thoughts on it. Anyway, the opening is you are meeting Leon, who is the champion for the first time. Uh, he's kind of, I don't want to say like this dude does not know how to dress, but it just, he is just all over the place with his like goofy baseball cap shorts and like a crazy like cape that I don't understand why he's wearing really. Yeah, especially three fuck too. <laughs> uh, and he also wears not they're not like 
leggings. They're like actual pants under his shorts, which is a, a choice also, especially for going, going to the bathroom purposes. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, he also had, he also had a, a signature move that he does <sighs> that people also love to do. Uh, grown grown adult people love to do also around <laughs> around him. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is, is there a way to describe that? Is it kind of like a dab, but you like point your finger in the air of sorts? Is that like the best way to I, explain it? I, it's like a it's got it's a little Michael Jackson esque to me. You okay. Know? Yeah. 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 So there's like there's like a finger movement to it too. It's like there. You put some fingers down in the air. I, it, it, imagine something that looks dumb, and that's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's uh, yeah. Leon is. I just don't. I don't know where they where the like person that designed him. Like, was it anyone tell him to stop when he was designing him? <laughs> and, uh, uh. Designed enough, or no? Just keep designing things on him. Uh, yeah, all the endorsements on, on his, his on his cage. I love it looks those. like a NASCAR. <laughs> I was just going to say that, like that is the one thing I was like kind of all about. I was like, oh look, that's adorable. They're making his cape a NASCAR car, basically. Yeah, it's it. I don't know. Even you know, even my nine year old daughter is like, he dresses so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she even told me he was gonna she was gonna beat the outfit off of him, so he put on some real clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of strange outfits in Pokemon, but they're usually more, like, good strange. Creative. This is just dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of his uh, attire. Purple hair is good, though. Long purple hair is cool. No, I do do dig the long hair, the long flowing hair, but... Everything else around the hair is kind of uh, not a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, this you know, you leave your house, you go get your backpack, and as I mentioned earlier, this is this is where I wish I had played as a girl instead of a boy because the boy backpacks they just suck. In They're this so game. big. <laughs> oh. I, I I I get the idea that you have like a tent in there and everything, but why do the girls get these cute little backpacks? that somehow magically fit the tent in them too. And the boys are just stuck with this gigantic, like yeah. pack mural thing. Yeah. We get a rucksack. Yeah. It's seems impractical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- these are, these are 10 year olds. They're literally going to have like spine problems later on from carrying these things around. <laughs> it's going to be like Goku. When they finally take it off. They're going to be so fast. Oh man, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. I think how fast my character is. Oh, you know, I, I, I used to do that real stupid thing of I used to run with a weighted vest and a backpack on. And yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> For a guy who has knee problems, that probably wasn't the smartest of moves. But, you know, it, it did kind of make me a lot faster, a lot quicker. But it's, um, yeah, it did lead to some. I, I wonder if that kind of hastened my hips, the need for the hip surgery. But anyway, let's move on here. So after you meet Leon, you go back to your, um, who's going to end up being your rival's house and you pick your first Pokemon. So let's go over this. Who did everyone pick? My boy Sable. Oh my gosh! I swear <laughs> we're twins. <laughs> <sighs> no other choice. He's, he's, uh... Um, I went with Scorbunny, which is the only one I ended up not really liking. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a a Grookey in a Wonder Trade, and then Rillaboom ended up being one of my main guys. Kind of, I identify with him actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the musician identifi- identifies with the musician, huh? Who would have thunk? 
Well, I have a drum kit and dreadlocks, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. <laughs> My spirit Pokemon, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I ended up going with Scorbunny, and I thought the fist bump that he did was adorable. And then after that, know. as it became a hot, or uh, a, you know, a, a <clears throat> football hooligan, I was like, eh, I don't know if I'd really take this guy anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I liked all the starters well enough. I thought they were all they were pretty good designs overall. Uh but yeah, Sobble's the best easily. But you, you know me, Jason, I lean towards the water type starters all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, you go in your first battle with Hop here. And um, just from the get-go, Hop is kind of an idiot because he picks the opposite of you. And it's just like, why? why? Just the one you're weak to. Why would you pick that one? Just he's a terrible <laughs> trainer from the start. I just can't. Anyway, so. He likes the challenge. One time that I loved Hop because I thought that the design of like teaching you how um, elemental matchups work because you level up and you gain your first elemental ability. And then mm-hmm. you're like, cool, I got a new ability. I'm going to use it in the next battle. And it's super effective. I, I just, as someone who QAs games and talks a lot about game design, I loved that concept. I thought that was so smart. Yeah. That was good, yeah. Instead of just using scratch until the other guy falls down. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he falls down. <laughs> Yeah, but it is all downhill from here after that hop just whatever <laughs> just go away hop anyway um so you have this damn um wooloo which is like this like really puffed up sheep uh that goes and kind of wanders off into the uh slumbering oh god was it wild wield wield i believe is how you say it uh, slumbering weld wield yeah yeah anyway um it kind of introduces you to the game's legendary that you try to attack in kind of a ghost form effectively it's really kind of strange and so i don't know like are these pokemon dead is that what's going on here they're too high level. <laughs> They're just mysterious. Oh, boogity boogity boo. <laughs> they have the power of mysterious. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, so after you kind of get introduced to that, you go off to your first city, and that's Wedgehurst, where you meet Sonia, the Pokemon researcher. Uh, well, actually, she's the researcher's assistant, and that's the Pokemon professor is her grandmother. So I don't really know how you become a Pokemon professor because in this one, apparently it's uh, just handed down to you when you get a lab coat. So <laughs> I Jason, just... you're, you, Jason, you're a Pokemon professor. So uh, I'm as close to it as, as we get. So yeah. I, I, I am the scientist of multimedia failure. I don't know if I qualify yet as a Pokemon professor because I haven't gotten a lab coat yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you head down uh, to meet Sony's grandmother, who, as I mentioned, she's the professor. And of course, hop wants to fight again. And um, if anyone loses to Hop, I'm I'm, I'm very sad for you because <laughs> my five year old who can't read beat Hop. So <laughs> yeah, Hop, Hop sucks. Yeah, man. Okay. And I I wish that they would be, make it more okay in Pokemon with like at least the rival with you losing to your rival occasionally. I wish the rival was a bigger challenge. They should add a Pokemon Nemesis system, Pokemon Trainer Nemesis system. <laughs> To, I don't. That's what I want in Pokemon. I want someone that actually, when I when I go up against them, I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna beat this guy this time. And but then the game keeps going afterwards, whether you win or lose. I want the, you know, I want that. I feel like that would, especially with those games more like sports comp- competition theme going on. I think that yeah. would have been a good fit for the uh, for for Hop instead of just making him suck. <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I understand the uh, you know the Wooloo's brother caught for him. It was his first Pokemon, but after a while, it's just like, just 
can't, dude, just get get over it. It's not a good Pokemon, okay? <laughs> yeah, dude, but he's stuck, he's, he's stuck with Wooloo. First of all, Wooloo's got a great name. Big fan of saying Wooloo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I agree. <laughs> and, also, uh, I love that the shiny is literally a black sheep. Yes, that's yeah. very good. That is a good choice. Uh, also, but Hop just stuck with a lot of bad. He, like he had Pincurchin the, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the lamest Pokemon. Uh, he would always send out send out Cinderace when I when my Inteleon was out, which was as a poor decision on his part. Right <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know why he would do that, but because uh, he's an idiot. That's why. Because <laughs> Hop sucks. So yes. Um. Yeah, so after you after you beat his brother into the ground, uh, Leon endorses you to enter the Pokemon League, which is kind of a weird way of letting you do the gym challenge because you can't do the gym challenge unless you have an endorsement from somebody. And I don't remember off the top of my head. Are the endorsements only from like the gym leaders and the champion and like maybe the chairman too? Is that it really? I so okay, yeah. It's weird though because how are you supposed to get practice and stuff? Yeah, I. Or I guess you well, or I guess you can be like a trainer, but you can't take the challenge unless you're endorsed. Which which seems... makes it even weirder that the world champion is endorsing you and it's like, here, I'll give you a Pokemon, and yep, you can do the Nepo- challenge. You're definitely good enough for this. Yeah, at his finest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, well, you beat my brother, so I guess I'll and I'm I, I was gonna endorse him anyway, so I guess I'll just endorse you too. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone uh, speak? We're talking about starters and stuff. Does anyone is anyone here nickname Pokemon or leave them with the regular Pokemon names? I feel like Jason does, but leaves them, leaves them with their Pokemon name. But yeah, yeah. I leave them with their name too. With the new ones, I leave them with their name, or else I won't know what the heck they're called. <laughs> yes. But when I I restarted Fire Red recently, and I gave them all like music names, so I started with a Squirtle, and I named him Wave. Because it's name. a music name, but also a water name, so it was oh, like that's a good. double, that's good. double yeah. whammy. Yeah. I, na- I named Sobble Crybaby, Crybaby Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. the, the little, the yeah. little squirrel. I he was the only one I named. I just named him Chubs because I like his cheeks. <laughs> oh, I caught uh, in the new one. I caught a Scraggy and I named him Pants. <laughs> <laughs> I do Which love is that. Funny he's because up. that means underwear in the UK. <laughs> It does. <laughs> Trousers. <laughs> and pants. Uh, they're, uh, English is a weird language. Anyway, so um, so after that, you head off to the train station to enter the wild area for the first time. Um, the first time I came into it, I was like, I was kind of knowing what to expect, but you get there and you're just like, wow, there's so much, like, this gigantic area, and there's this onyx, and then I can't catch it. Are you kidding me, really? <laughs> yeah. I actually did a bunch of grinding off of that onyx because with Sobble, you can kill it in almost one hit. So by the time I got to like the first, like even just like the first gym, I was painfully overleveled. Oh, yeah. I guess that was where uh, Kimmy and I went wrong at picking Score Bunny. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. It was the first step in going wrong. So, anyway, um,. If you played uh, Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu, you can get a uh, Pikachu or Eevee from somebody at the train station, that old Gigantamax. And my, I, I just adore the Pikachu uh, Gigantamax because it is just fat Pikachu from the first game. And when he comes out, he just goes, Pee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you gotta go, you gotta go, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the Eevee, my, my daughter's favorite Pokemon is Eevee. And the, just the fluff that comes out of its little mane or whatever she's like i just want to curl up with that go to sleep forever 
<laughs> it's pretty funny. And it's just like, you know, having this adorable little Pokemon and just going, Eva! It's like, wow, that's that was scary. It was the scariest. Yeah, I think that's, that's the best thing with the Dynamax is like the really non-threatening ones. And they're just giant and, you know. The, the, oh, yeah. the noises that come out of them, you're like, oh, wow, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like a giant Eldegoss. <laughs> I would love to Dynamax a, um, a Magikarp. I, I don't know what it would sound like. <laughs> I would love to kind of find out. So, Oh, but anyway. um, So this is the area where you get your access to the Pokemon box and you can start camping. Uh, so this kind of opens up a huge part of the game for you right there. And it's kind of nice that you can just like right away kind of get lost in the wild area if you wanted to. It's... It's not quite as robust as uh, Breath of the Wild, where you can just kind of do whatever from the get-go nearly. Yeah, I, mean, but... I feel like saying Breath, I feel like Breath of the Wild is a really ex- extreme end of the spectrum. So <laughs> that's very true. I feel, like, I feel like that's not fair. I would lo- but my dream Pokemon game is a Breath of the Wild style Pokemon game. <laughs> but uh, I'll take a little. I'll take something a little less at this point in time. A little less so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so away you go to Motostoke and through the wild area. Once you get to Motosok, uh, Sonia introduces you to the League cards, which adds backstory to the gym leaders. Um, I would hate to see Brock's. It's, um, yeah, it, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brock's backstory, but his dad was a gym leader, and he... Didn't he nope out? Yeah, except then he kind of comes back in the show. Like, it's funny, like, he disappears... Once Ash beats Brock and Brock's dad kind of pops up and says, oh, okay, I'll take care of the children again. Brock steps up to him like he's going to give him a piece of his mind. And then he just goes over the list of everything he needs to do for the kids. He's like, I got something to tell you. Okay, so this person won't, won't, won't eat this. This time, you know, I have to get them ready for bed uh, this much earlier because this one takes longer. To, they're just going off this like laundry list of like mom and dad things basically for him. And the father just looks so like, what the hell did I just get myself into? Brock's 14. <laughs> yeah and the dad left him to take yeah. care of yeah um, it, much like my dad would uh <clears throat> leave me in charge of my brother at seven years old and my brother was four <laughs> like i'm seven years old i'm literally like boiling hot dogs for the two of us because we were starving <laughs> it was like okay well this is a great way to learn to be an adult i suppose right <laughs> i'm seven i haven't even hit puberty yet and i'm in charge of the house cool <laughs> anyway um so this is the first time you get access to the Pokejobs system that we mentioned earlier where you get items, experience points, and base points of your Pokemon can go up through this. So it's kind of a nice way of also, like, you know, getting your Pokemon that you want to get competitive up a little bit more competitive. Um, this is also the first place you can get a haircut, some new clothes, and if you're a guy, a shitty new backpack. So I, you know, it's funny. I am not very um, clothes conscious in real life. But I, every time I went to a new day, I turned on my switch and was like, all right, I'm changing my outfit. <laughs> I wore the same polywag shirt the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, um, oh, go ahead, Kimmy. Sorry. Does anyone else find it weird that there's like an Arcanine shirt that like cost 30,000 and everything else is like 5,000? No, not at all. I think it's perfectly got reasonable. that glorious mane, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is a dope-ass Pokemon and deserves a dope-ass shirt, yeah. and it should be priced appropriately. Yeah. There are some biker jackets, and they're like 200,000 Pokebucks or yeah. something ridiculous. I own exactly one of them. It was also messed up that some of the shirts were Pokemon that weren't in the game, like Poliwag. I'm a big yeah. Poliwag fan. Uh, yeah, so okay, was, yeah, that does, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that's how I represented 
<laughs> my boy that was in the game. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess technically, like, I can buy a lion shirt, but, you know, there's no lions that are native to North America, so. I mean, that's, I guess that's, that's true. somewhat equal. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I am trying to justify this somehow, okay? <laughs> you leave me alone, man. Uh, An effort was made. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, see, it was in the game, John. It was just on shirt. <laughs> just in a different part of the world yeah the polywag is in the gallery region until the next update or something yeah yeah <laughs> when they show up i finally settled on an outfit um my only problem with the like pants i, I always kind of dress these characters like i would dress myself basically which is uh largely like you know kind of like track pants effectively like just adidas sweatpants and i couldn't find a pair i'm not a big fan of the tapered end of sweatpants and every single pair of sweatpants had that where you're like socks and a little bit of your ankle were sticking out a little bit and i was like oh come on i hate that like i just i i don't know I, it makes so, but it I, look like you didn't pick sweatpants that actually fit you yeah pretty much my son did that the other day came out and he's like hey daddy i was like hey buddy those pants don't fit you anymore all right let's retire those <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh it's like my pokemon character um but yeah i finally settled on like a black pair with a yellow stripe on the side a yellow hoodie with the um it unzipped and a pikachu shirt that i got from the um the expansion pass basically oh, so i wore the i wore one of those like varsity style jackets the entire time you're a hat i gave up on the hat because i the only time i wear a hat in real life anymore is um if it's been a few days since i've shaved my head and you know my uh, <clears throat> hair that decides that it's gonna continue to grow has grown out enough that it's obvious i'm bald as hell <laughs> so yeah. I like make my in-game characters look like tools most of the time when I can. So, <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, all right. So you go head off to the stadium to get registered. You meet Anna. I, I think I have Alex uh, to thank for this. Uh, Bede. You meet Bede, Bede over there. Okay. I've never asked. Did not, did not think of that one. Okay. Bede. Yeah. I it I was sitting there. I was like, how the hell do you pronounce this? And then I believe Alex uh, told you guys on our, on the RPG cast one time. And I was like, oh, perfect. Thanks. The uh, One of the British cast members decided to fill us in on that. So that worked out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, he's told me before that it's not wheeled. It's weld. It's weld. Okay. Okay. It's not it. layered. It's lard. Okay. Lard. If I mispronounce anything, please correct me because it's going to happen a lot because I can barely pronounce the language I, I'm fluent in. I couldn't remember, but now that you said, hey, Alex said it was beat, I'm like, wait, Alex told me some more things. <laughs> it's handy having a diverse cast, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so you go to the hotel and you meet Team Yell and Marnie. And I've got to say, I am a big fan of Marnie's theme.
uh, Sony and Marnie's themes are probably like my favorite pieces of music that aren't like really battle music throughout this whole game. Uh, Marnie's just got this kind of like sort of sweet little song to it, but not like sugary or anything like that. It's just a nice little like, oh, okay, this kind of fits with the character pretty well. I like more Pekko. More Pico. Yeah, that is a very cute Pokemon. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I like that one. Of the Pikachu wannabes, it's probably one of my favorite ones they've, they've done. Yeah, out of every single generation, they come up with a not Pikachu replacement, basically. Yes. And it hasn't stuck yet. <laughs> it never will. You don't like Mimikyu? I, I think Mimik- Mimikyu. I think Mimikyu is very cute. But, I like Mimikyu. but in Gen 7, there was a Pokemon that they tried to uh, basically replace, not replace, but sort of make as the stand-in for Pikachu. Uh, Mimikyu was just, is just a fan of the love and affection that Pikachu gets, so I even... God, do you remember which one it was? Was that was it our Halloween episode? Or the one we put out just before Halloween of Multimedia Failure, where I put in, like, the, the little Mimikyu, like, rap or whatever, or song? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember which episode that is. Yeah, but uh, that's part of our backer segment. Normally, that's behind a paywall at patreoncom junk. Good, good plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that that whole that whole episode was just too good, and we just decided to put it out there for free for people. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of the stand-in for Pikachu's most of the time, but uh, I I do like more Peko. So you go to bed, and then it's off to the opening ceremony for the gym challenge, which I thought was kind of a cool little touch. It, kind of added a little bit more like gravitas to uh to the whole gym challenge thing like yeah oh good i i thought i again i might have written some notes while i was still a little high but i wrote (laughs) i I wrote here chairman rose is far too suave for his own good and i had him pegged as the sucker and the assistant as the true mastermind that's um well i don't know like pokemon's an Let's just say Pokemon stories are never very deep or not glaringly obvious most of the time. <laughs> not glaringly obvious. <laughs> oh. wah, wah, wah. Yeah, man, if you don't think I'm putting in the Link Die sound effect right there, you are off your mind and you've never listened to anything I've done. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, I love it. So, All right, um, after the ceremony, you get access to flying taxis, which, you know, I've got to say, I might have been skimming through the dialogue because I didn't realize I had access to that till like about 12 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> oh I've, no as soon as i unlock that i'm like i'm whipping around all the wild areas i'm going back to places i went to to talk to npcs i thought it was great like that made the the work the it made a big world super super accessible i loved that feature yes i'm always a fan of fast travel <laughs> and not <laughs> tying too. it to an hm slave makes me so yes. happy and also making it an in-world in, in thing where you just fly on a Corviknight is also really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is pretty cool. They did something similar like that in, in Sun and Moon where you basically wrote a Charizard, which I thought was really cool, except by the 12th time you've seen that animation happen, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I just want to yeah, get they, there. Yeah, making it just a loading screen was much uh, much better choice. Yeah, I agree. They should have probably done that for um, the Sun and Moon games, but hey, whatever. So you head to Route 3, and Hop wants to fight. Again. Because, and he loses. Again. Yep, again. <laughs> as he's going to every single time. Hop just sucks. <laughs> anyway. I, mean, he, I he, got frustrated with Hop because I feel like they could have given him at least a little... Like I know this game is for kids, but yeah. Hop needed some nuance or depth. Because even as someone who's like 
obnoxiously optimistic. Hop got on my nerves. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, this is like seeing Pokemon from like Gary's perspective because you're basically Gary and he's Ash because Ash sucks too. <laughs> <laughs> I just disagree. Yeah. Later, loser. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I felt like the bully half the time in the game because he just—he was trying. He wanted to win so bad, and I, and I just was such a natural at it. And he, and he just wasn't good, and I just kept beating the. Like it wasn't even close. No. It, yeah, none of the times. Oh. It's, it's just like just stop throwing out double. Just stop. <laughs> just give it's, it. Yeah, see, Ash has the benefit of having a Pikachu whose like IVs and EVs are just through the roof. Hop also has nothing. Five moves. <laughs> yes, it has five moves. Okay, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's very true too. So totally broken. So, but yeah, that uh, Ash's Pikachu is like one in a. I don't even know the number. You couldn't even like calculate how big of a like freak that Pikachu is. And that that stupid, possibly the worst Pokemon trainer to ever even get into the like semifinals of a it just ugh. anyway we 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 can't, we can't get hung up on Ash here he's not he's out of the game God <laughs> so that that's what our, one of our other podcasts is for so um, anyway you run into Sonya when you get to Route Three and she gives you the escape rope which is now a permanent item instead of something you have to buy from the shop which I appreciated except I don't think I used it but once in the game. I don't know if I ever used the escape rope. I think I used it two or three times. I feel like the camping kind of killed the need for it a little bit because you could just, I, I just, yeah, I, don't, I didn't really have much use for it in this one. I ran out of Pokeballs a couple times, so I needed it. Yeah, I might have um, used it once or twice and like a, yeah, to go get some, to go buy some stuff. All right. Uh, so from there, you enter the Galar Mine and you fight Bede, who is a psychic type trainer and uses nothing but psychic types. I will never understand people's insistence on sticking with one type how in god's green earth do you expect to be a like champion a master and use one damn type of pokemon because every single champion in every single iteration of the game always has like you know multiple types of pokemon but then these people that hang their hats on one type they just get really good at these and then some person comes along with the opposite type and just completely just wrecks them it's like come just uh. i feel like in johto if you were a ghost training pretty you had it made dragon's usually pretty safe yeah yeah in the like really there was almost nothing that counteracted dragon in um in the first gen yeah until the second generation or right ice Uh, ice ice ice, yeah yeah and ice pokemon weren't that prevalent so you need either dugong or cloister right (laughs) yeah could, could lapras learn ice beam um oh yeah lapras too. okay so there were some pokemon but like it was just like, oh, okay. And I don't, I don't think it was until, um, what would that be, the fifth generation or the sixth, sixth generation um, in X and Y when fairy types became a thing that I think there was really, okay, uh, here, here it is. Finally, the dragon types are no longer just the dominant force of, yeah. uh, of the world. I, I just wish I liked any designs for any of the fairy types because <laughs> I don't like any fairy. I don't um, like any of them. Xerneas is pretty good. I like, it's the, uh, the legendary from X. Uh, yeah, I guess, and I do, I do like Zacian, who's also a fairy type. Yeah, so, but I like I the like, fairy dark guy. I can't remember his English name because I got one in Wonder Trades. So mine's German, and his name is Olingar. Impidimp. Yeah, the German one is cooler <laughs> sounding. Yeah, I, I named that guy Pimple. 
Pimple. <laughs> John, do you think you're gonna have to say some screenshots? Should have called him Impa Dimple. Impa Dimple. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, you know what? we're just gonna end the podcast right now. We're not getting better yeah. than that, unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So I get back to Bead. Uh, he's kind of an arrogant little cuss. I'm not a big fan of him, although having this dynamic kind of worked out later. I think. Uh, for his, well, not say turn, but what happens to him later in the game. So, <laughs> um, you end up hitting route four, and you see the Larian mouth for the first time, and just kill it. It's hideous. I was just like, that. what is that? That is a mouth that just <laughs> some, euthanize that thing. It's horrid. <laughs> yeah, it just has a really big beard. <laughs> it's like a really gross, like a gross beard, too. Yeah, I I was not a fan. Like I, I I was I was okay with the the Alolan version. This no 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 no. And doesn't Vanessa like Larry Meow? I think she does. Did she? I don't know. I don't I think know. She might. She may. Maybe if she's yeah. on later in the second episode. We'll talk about it. So anyway, um, you bump it to Milo, the grass uh, gym leader, who I I can only describe. I, I can only describe <laughs> as like yeah. a small child's head planted on a bodybuilder's body. Yeah, he's also like insane. If you read his his league rare league card, he's like insanely strong. Like he can he can lift up seven hundred pound objects pretty easily. Apparently, that's I, yeah okay yeah. yeah I didn't <laughs> wow what a what a yeah. freak. <laughs> anyway, oh I guess I guess when you have none of your muscle going to your head and just all of the growth hormone going to your gigantic body, I guess that makes sense. So yeah, he's also got really great ta- really great taste in Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he only uses like what two or three? I think I, I've got it written two. down here for the battle, but it's two. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So anyway, uh, you arrive in Turfield and see the uh, geoglyphs. Sony talks, about, which are kind of like these. Like how would, how would you describe them? Um, what, like the Nazca lines, kind of. Uh, it's the, yeah I, I think yeah, it's the best way of that. describing it yeah uh sony talks about them depicting a great disaster uh which is kind of the like the line through of sort of like the main story for the game which you know in pokemon normally it's just kind of throw away so but anyway you head to the gym uh hop has already beaten milo on his first try too but you know what hop you still suck i don't care <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. Anyway, I, I I could probably go up against a you know, uh, Milo with Sobble and be just fine because Milo's not a great leader, gym leader. So yeah, yeah I did it. Don't worry, it's, <laughs> it's no problem. Yeah, it, it, it ain't that hard. <laughs> so, all right. So this is um something we didn't really talk about in uh, some of the new stuff here, but it's gym mission, and these things sort of replace just the generic. Uh, fight a bunch of trainers as you sort of navigate a quasi maze to get to the gym leader. I'm okay with some of them, but some of them just feel kind of like after a while they sort of like lost interest in designing them. Really, yeah, I felt like the first. I thought few, the teacups concept was great. Yeah, I like I like the first few, like the first few just being straight more puzzles and just you know wanting going through a list a uh, group of trainers until you finally get to the gym leader. Mm-hmm. Um, they and eventually they just turned it into that though, <laughs> but. Yeah, and then I, I don't... Anyway, so this one, you're basically hurting Wooloos uh, through to a goal. Um, after the first field is finished, you start getting some trainers with Yampers, which I probably one of my favorite designs in this one, and I hate the Revolve forms. Like, it's just cute having these little electric corgis with, like, little heart markings on their butts. I I adore them and think they're just the cutest thing. So, anyway. Yeah, uh, I think the Bolton should have at least kept the, the, the cutie mark. Yeah, it's, it's just I, I that is. I, a, I like I like Bolton. I think he looks all right. 
I liked a lot of the early new Pokemon more than the later new Pokemon. It was, I think, like, about halfway through the game, like, I got kind of uninterested in a lot of the new designs, but I liked the new basic ones, like, especially Rookie but big man Rookie Corviknight is like a beast of a Pokemon. It yes. has yeah. two good natures, yes. and it's weak to like nothing. Yeah, it's a monster. <laughs> it's a, and yeah. it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's did any of us I, not use Corviknight throughout the whole game? Yeah, I did. In fact, basically, I made my whole party on the first route um, because my party for the game was um, Sabo and yeah. mm-hmm. me. Um, uh, rog, rog and Rolla. And okay. yeah, so Roly Coley, Yamper, Rookie D, and um, Sobble were my four mainstays. And then I put in Obama Snow at near the end of the game. And then I had that sixth slot was kind of rotating either between things that I needed to evolve or Wulu or I guess a dub, double, yeah. depending on what I needed for that particular time in the game yeah i was rocking sobble and rookie and blip bug i actually liked orbital quite a bit when he finally evolved into orbital like i liked uh, having a psychic type of my team and uh who's the other one i can't remember the other one but yeah I, oh, my ice type i added ice type too i added bear tick later on when i got the cub, a cub shoe but i yeah. wanted to like him but bugs have so many weaknesses and I feel like dual typing them into psychic just doesn't eliminate enough of them. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I like, I thought that looked pretty cool, and he has pretty, really high. Def- he's actually very fast and has really high defense, which is kind of cool. So it was, he's kind of yeah, tanky. Unusual for psychic. Yeah, and uh, and he also just looks like a, he's like an alien, but but like a ladybug also, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a strange design, but it's kind of cool. So, Kimmy, okay, how about you? Um, what was your team kind of ended up like shaping out towards the end? Oh man, I remember I had uh, well, I had Rillaboom, Tyranitar. Um, that um, oh, I had a Cloister actually. That ended up being my rock star because he had the ability that made like multi-hit moves hit always the maximum number of times. Oh, nice. And I Icicle Spear. <laughs> so, and then I got the item that um, increases crit chance. So he would use Icicle Spear and he'd hit five times and sometimes two of them would crit. And Holy just... shit. Was Good lord. So that... You used <laughs> that any was other Pokemon? My... <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> that was my big one. So... Man. That Raihan or Ryan, however you say his fucking name, must have hated you. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like, oh, well, I stand no chance. Cool. Right on. It's like, oh, you're one-shotting every single one of my Pokemon. Wonderful. <laughs> I will say Inteleon also good at one-shotting things. but uh, that's... He's so fast. Yeah. yeah. That snipe shot is so good. The stab uh, on that is ridiculous. Yes. See, I ended up um, Cinderace, uh, Rillaboom, and... Um, Oh god! By uh, Inteleon, Corviknight, uh, the G Max Pikachu I got, and a Gardevoir as um as, as kind of as my final team. Once I I think it wasn't too far in, but I started using like Wonder Trade, and I got two of the starters, and I was just like, okay, cool, I'm using these guys. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh. in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, or in so I played 
Sun and then Ultra Moon. I found that both of the times that I played those, the three starters kind of dominated my party. And so I didn't want to do that in this generation. Yeah, I always stick with the one starter. That's always my rule. I I normally do that, but I just wanted to try out these starters. Maybe it was just because they were, you know, new and just having the ability to play it on a TV. I was like, I kind of want to see what these guys look like. (laughs) So maybe that's something to do with that. I don't know. I... Like I said, I love Scorbunny's design. It just as he evolved, as I liked him less and less. I think my only lacking thing was I I lacked a fire type most for a really good chunk of the game when I was playing. I think I had a Vulpix for a little bit. I was rocking, but yeah, yeah. Rog and Rolla ended up filling that that role for me. Also, it's a no, sorry, not Rog and Rolla. A uh, Rolly Coley. Yeah. I just it's a coal cart. Yeah, and then it car coal. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Cole, I think it's the final. No, that's a different one. It's a uh, co- colossal. Is the last. That's there. it. Yeah. yeah. I just remember I went in that cave and out of nowhere this thing just rammed into me and I was like, "What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> what? What is that thing that just? Oh my god! It's a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little silly. Um, there's a G or a G Max one of those too that came out, and I ended up, I grabbed like three of them. I was just like, oh, these are pretty cool. I I, I want a couple of them. So anyway, um, where the where the where the hell were we? I don't even remember uh, this point. Pokemon. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's right. We were talking about the gym mission thing. So the Yamper thing. We got sidetracked on Yamper. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's easy to get sidetracked with the, with the Yamper. Yeah, they got cute so. little heart butts. How can you not? So yeah. So the fight with Milo is two Pokemon, uh, Gossifleur and Eldegoss, and yeah, um, 
this kind of starts the gym leader structure of them Dynamaxing their last Pokemon that we talked about earlier. If you think about it from a like a sport perspective, it's good for the crowd, but it gets really predictable as far as strategy goes, and it kind of took away a little bit of the just the coolness factor of being able to Dynamax. It was just like, okay, and that Pokemon's down, here comes their last one, and now I Dynamax mine to match their Dynamax, and it just kind of like negates the whole purpose of Dynamaxing almost. Wasn't there one gym that ended up subverting that expectation? Isn't that oh, the Dragon yeah. Gym? Yeah. No, it's the... Um... No, it's the dark it, gym. It was yeah, uh, the dark that's gym. it. Pierce. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because because there's no. Well, no. Oh no. No, 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 no. That is the dragon gym. Are you sure? Can yeah, I because the Pierce. The dark guy. He doesn't Dynamax at all. Because yeah. yeah, You're in the right. little area. He doesn't want to wreck. Oh, the dragon one. He Dynamaxes early. Does. Yeah. 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 So you know the six other times that happens, it's like okay. Hey, Anyway, uh, so you get your first badge, and this lets you catch Pokemon up to level 25. You still cannot catch that Onyx that you found at the beginning of the game, so that's cool. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and... Jason isn't salty about that. Uh, no, not in the least. <laughs> Wanted a damn... I'm sitting there, I'm like, I want to get you in my Pokedex, you little... Well, not little. I, don't, I don't think I ever used an Onyx, actually. I did in, in, like, red and blue, so... I probably used one in red and blue, but... Haven't since then, so yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you have just one glaring weakness, and that is all you need to take you down, or two actually, with grass. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, on your way to Hullberry, you'll go through Route Five, leading you to the first Pokemon Nursery. Uh, you come to a bridge leading to Hullberry, and you'll fight Team Yell. The thing I did forget to mention is this is the first time you'll encounter my boy Wobbuffet, who I forgot I did name uh, another Pokemon, and I called him Wabo Jackson. <laughs> I was very proud of that stupid name that I came up with. <laughs> I could not find a male Wobbuffet for the life of me, and I think that the female Wobbuffets with their lipstick look kind of ridiculous. I completely agree. They look real, real dumb, but at the same time, Wobbuffet is real, real dumb, and I kind of dig that there's... The, 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 the simple differentiation is lipstick. It's just like, okay. I think it's hilarious. Um, see, I... I would say in the in the show, Wobbuffet is probably my favorite character. So, Wobbuffet's just real stupid, just pops up out of nowhere, and just Jesse's borderline disdain for her Wobbuffet is, I I, I kind of adore it. So, Wobbuffet has a hundred percent tryhard energy, and I am down for it. Jesse <laughs> should appreciate him more. I Thank think you. Jesse's in the right. <laughs> but, like, uh, like the James Victory Bell relationship. Well, Victory Bell has to eat him. <laughs> uh, and Victory Bell also doesn't come out of the Pokeball whenever he damn well feels like <laughs> so there's that I do love that Wobbuffet just comes out of the Pokeball whenever he feels like it it's just like totally inconvenient sometimes like Wobbuffet <laughs> and it's like oh hey you just blew our cover we were trying to be quiet and he just comes out like, shut up you stupid blue blob <laughs> um, and anyway uh, so you come to the bridge uh, leading to Holberry and you'll fight Team Yell. Winning there earns you a bike because they were attacking a scientist and he has a bike to give you, which I I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> There's weirder items given away in Pokemon than that. Yes, I know, but this scientist with like a the the mask over his face and he's like, here you go. Here's a bicycle for you. Uh, how do you guys feel about Team Yell? I, I mean, thought they were fun. Yeah, I like they how are. they're not really bad guys they're just kind of troublemakers yeah they're, they're just obnoxious a-holes 
Zangief is bad guy, but that does not make him bad guy. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. I, I appreciate everything about what you just did. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh. Uh, all right, so you reach the end of the bridge and Hop wants to fight you again. Just cop, go away. God damn it, you literally just fought us. Just stop. Uh, so in Hullberry, you meet uh, Olena. Is that how you would say that? Oleana, Oleana. I, I don't know. I don't know what the. I thought it was Elena. Could be Elena. Elena. I, 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 I'd say that too. Yeah. Let's just say it's one of those names that you're like, oh, okay, you won't know until they actually say it. And since there's no talking in Pokemon, which is probably to the benefit of all, um, yeah, we'll just go with however we decided to pronounce it. Uh, and she is Chairman Rose's assistant. And Anna, you said that you felt like she was probably the real, uh, let's say, possible bad guy in the in the long run of it. Yeah. I thought they were all straight shooters. <laughs> there, you know what? I would love a Pokemon game where there is no world-ending threat and no world-ending like or yeah. no team that is like <laughs> yeah. It would be it would be a nice change of pace. Such a waste of my time. <laughs> Just <laughs> every goddamn time. <sighs> Look, if the world doesn't need to be saw doesn't need to be saved by a ten-year-old, I don't know what the point is. It's not really. After watching all the Pokemon movies, is it really Pokemon of a ten-year-old is not saving the world from certain doom? <laughs> Especially a dipshit ten-year-old. So. Yes. <laughs> has no idea what he's doing. Hey, I'm gonna keep throwing Pikachu against Onix until I get a gym badge. It's like what? The fuck is until wrong a sprinkler goes off. Yes, yes. A happenstance thing, and that's the only reason you. you uh, anyway. Aaron Square. Uh, okay, you're right. I guess. I just where's that sprinkler in the game? I want the sprinkler. So. <laughs> you know, talking about saving the world, I actually always wanted a game where you play as Team Rocket and like grow through the ranks. Ever since Nugget Bridge, you know, you fight that guy yeah. and he's like, "Do you want to join Team Rocket?" And I was like, "Heck yes!" And I'm like, what do you mean I have to say no three times? <laughs> but, but but thou mustn't. <laughs> always wanted to join Team Rocket. I thought uh, that'd be so fun. Yeah, uh, it would be kind of nice. Um, Cat Bailey over at US Gamer has had the idea for years that um you should do. Like a game where you're a gym leader, basically, and you're defending your gym. You build a town around it. I, I, I kind of like that idea. Like dungeon type. Isn't that Pokemon Go? No, oh, no, yeah. no. But, but like an actual dump. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an actual game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except you, like you know, you actually like battle other trainers who come in to try to get a badge from you or something like that, and you build up the town in a, in a way like. Adding like yeah. a like a building like you know some sort of like element to the game outside like of just Pokemon like, Tower Defense. You know, that's another thing I thought of was like a gym leader game, but then it's like, well, how, what's your like end goal, right? You just defend like people just come in, you just make them leave. But I guess like when you get their prize money, you could use that to like build up your town and. What about an MMO? <laughs> and you have to pick one type of Pokemon. Oh god. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you can't be a gym leader with without being one type. That's very true. That said though, like these days there's so many uh combinations though, you pretty much could get away with a single type. Hope you're you know. the grass type leader. <laughs> <laughs> but then you just have grass combined with everything. There's a lot of grass cross types. Yeah. Or the bug gym leader. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> just the most you just it's just like if you can manage to turn that one into a successful gym congrats you you've done the impossible <laughs> so anyway uh let's go ahead and let's move on here um so you reach oh yeah i mentioned the, the whole thing with 
pop. Just, God. Anyway, so in Hallberry, you meet Alita. Um, that, again, mentioned before, Rose's assistant. Um, yeah, she's not going to turn out bad at all, nor is Rose. There's no way that's going to happen because of that sculpted beard. He's clearly a good guy. Just, oh, that beard. I. What's that, that one time you meet him and he's wearing, like, sweatpants or something? He just... Like, usually he's all in a suit, and then yeah, there's one time wearing a jogging outfit and sunglasses like and, like, and a baseball cap. He just he like looks like a <laughs> At that point in time? I think he might be. I think, I think he so. like go for, like, a low-key disguise or something. Except he still has an assistant following him around. So it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a real good way of doing it. Not yeah, drawing any out. attention to you at all. Well, that writing not that good in the games. He's got that weird, like, <laughs> pudgy model that they do in Pokemon. So when he's not in a suit, he looks really slubby. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know you're you're coming for him like that. (laughs) All right. Uh, So you get to Holberry and the gym is a water type. The gym mission is a bunch of like platform puzzles, adjusting waterfalls to make your way through, which I wasn't a big fan of this one. I was like, okay, just like hit a switch, hit a switch, hit a switch. Let's get through. So it wasn't really a puzzle uh, either. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's just like, oh, do I press this switch or this one? Oh, it is this one. I tried. It, it it is a game for children. <laughs> we have to remember this. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah. But yeah, kids kids are smarter than that, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not much worse than like Lieutenant Serge's gym, where they're like, mm, check all the garbage cans, and there are switches in two of them, and then one guy is like, when you find one switch, the other one is right beside, it. and you're like, thanks, as if I needed a hint. For the- <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's only five garbage cans. Seriously, I couldn't have just figured that out on my own. Thanks. How dumb do you yeah, think I, was just I am? Press A on all of them anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll find an item. Who knows? That that's just a just a just a straight thing of every RPG ever. Just go digging in the trash cans. Maybe you'll find a hamburger. So yeah. Anyway, uh, you'll fight Nessa, who throws out her pokeballs by kicking her leg completely perpendicular to the ground, which I think I would rip every single tendon in my body trying to do. <laughs> I don't bend like that. It's a hell. Of a, it's a power move. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like, hey, look what I can do, and you're like, ah. I, I I think I just pulled something watching you do that. Jeez. I mean, it's cooler than Leon's thing. <laughs> Leon did that. He'd probably fall over, though, and that would be kind of funny. <laughs> you know what? I would love to see Brock attempt to do that. I bet Brock would do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For Nessa, he probably would. I love you. Watch this. And just like literally like cut tendons out of his leg so he could do it. Oh, that guy just does something. And anyway, uh, so Nessa uses a Goldeen, a Rakuda, and a Dreadnought. So, not a, I don't know, like, I'm not overly impressed with her as far as, like, what she's using. Like, and I don't understand, like, Gym Leader, why wouldn't you go with a full roster of six Pokemon? Why limit yourself to, like, two or three? Just... It'd be too hard. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're, you're working your way up to the difficult ones, I suppose. So anyway, you win, you get your next gym badge, and that allows you to catch Pokemon up to level 30. So after a brief dinner and discussion um, about Professor Magnolia's research with Rose, Alina, and Sonia, your next up is Motostoke. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. No, I've been saying it. Like Motorstoke, but you just dropped the R. <laughs> okay, I don't know, yeah, whatever. It's, okay. You know what? It's a made-up word. Who cares, right? No pronunciation is wrong. It's probably a pun. Yeah, yeah, it's Pokemon. <laughs> of course it's a yeah. pun. Uh, gee, okay, yeah. Anyway. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so once again, Bede comes out in the Galar Mines and you fight him again. Yeah. 
have to admit, I think it was like the first two battles I thought Bede was a girl. Bede looks, Bede looks like one of those people from the, one of the chicks from the Golden Girls, but like with an alcohol <laughs> problem. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, okay. See, there, we can forgive I, I forget you. all their names. Uh, Blanche? So yeah, I want to say it's, uh, Blanche. He looks like, she, he looks like Blanche with, like, that just gave up. <laughs> Uh, God, when when Blanche wasn't busy hitting on like men twenty years her younger, <laughs> or like your sad stepmom that drinks way too many mojitos during the day, <laughs> between gin and tonics. <laughs> so Beat is your stepmom that drinks too much <laughs> mojitos. Okay, I love it. But Beat is a Beat is a, a gentleman. Head yeah. cannon accepted. Yep. Yeah. Let's go with that. All right. Um. So then you do a double battle with Hop against Team Yell. Great. Thanks for the help, Hop. Couldn't have done without you and your stupid Wooloo. So, anyway. Now, get out of here. Get out of my face. Scram. Uh, his, du- his double kicks were extremely vital to Jason. <laughs> I couldn't... I, I, I said it already. I couldn't have done it without you. Now, scram. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so you arrive at your destination and you head to the hotel for some rest. Marnie is there and you fight her for the first time. And again, I really like Marnie's battle theme. It's it's a nice little thing of using Marnie's theme song and interjecting it with a little bit more oomph behind it. So it's not just like kind of a nothing thing where it's just, I don't know, like I feel like a lot of the battle themes in other Pokemon games sometimes are they eh, maybe a little too similar to each other. And I really appreciate that, you know, some of the arrivals and stuff that you fight throughout the game have their own unique themes. Um, Beads is a little out there. I was just listening to it. Um when I was driving home uh, before we started recording, and it it's it's a little, I don't want to say all over the place sometimes, uh, but it feels like it's a little over the place, kind of like the soundtrack in general, but that's, this isn't Rock Out With Your Card Out, we're not going to talk about that, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, sleepy time, so then your gym battles against Kabu, a fire-type gym leader. The gym mission is to earn five points, you earn one point by defeating a wild Pokemon, and two will catch them. You can also just fight all the trainers that are there, too, which I I don't know. Like I said, it, a lot of these gym challenges, they kind of it seems like it defeats the purpose of having the gym members, I guess, is what they would be being there. It's, again, a lot of the things in this game, I appreciate them. They all feel like rough drafts that are just like this could have been a cool idea, but you, you didn't take the necessary steps to refine it. And um, I don't know if you guys did this, but I beat up the person that I was teamed up with and then just caught the Pokemon. I think I did that too. You know what? I think I did that on the second battle. I was like, oh, wait, I can just do this. Oh, okay. Now I got it. Well, yeah, they kept KOing them. And I can't remember what it was there that I wanted to catch, and they kept killing it. I'm like, stop. It's the only place to get Litwick in the whole game. That's it. Yeah, Litwick. Oh, that was the other guy I had in my party. It was the Chandelure. I named him Spicy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, see, I, I'm just not creative enough with these stupid names. Like I said, I, I named a squirrel Chubbs, and then I named a Wobbuffet Wobbo Jackson, and that's that is the end of it. So yeah. I mean, the scroll was pretty Chubbs. <sighs> Those cheeks, you gotta love them. So anyway, Kabu uses a Nine Tails, an Arcanine, and a Centiscorch, which I, I, it's kind of a like I like it, and at the same time I also don't just because centipedes just really freak me out yeah. because they're fairly common I mean, in New Mexico. I'll say finally some guys using some respectful Pokemon for a gym leader. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> so speaking of pronunciations, I actually had a conversation with my friend mm-hmm. where she busted this out. She says Arcanine. And I was like, oh. Yeah, because of the dog. 
Arcanine. That makes a lot of sense. I called it Arcanine my whole life too. But I believe it. I can't call it Arcanine anymore. I was gonna say, but they've been saying it in the show for the last twenty years. I I hate to say it like this. I go with I go with the show pronunciation. I'm like, hey, you know what? You guys came up with this. I'm just gonna go ahead and just roll with that because, um, yeah. Also, Arcanine just rolls off the tongue way easier than Arcanine. That's true. I kind of did a mix of both. I just call it Arcanine. So you still have the long A, but the emphasis is on the first syllable. Ah, grammar. <laughs> we are we are the only people in the world talking about this. <laughs> I can assure you. I love it. Anyway, um, so you win, you get the fire badge, and it lets you catch up to level 35. On your way out of Motosoak, uh, Beat shows up, antagonizes Hop, and they run off and have a battle. And good, at least they're leaving you alone. Uh, Kabu does come to see you off because this is apparently where a lot of Pokemon trainers kind of get stuck and but yeah if you picked Sobble like you probably should have uh, this isn't going to be much of a fight at all so yeah um, anyway now you get to explore the northern half of the wild area so it opens up another gigantic area of the game but with that I think this is probably a good place to take a break and we'll come back and I don't know how long it's going to take me to edit in between but we'll say in an indeterminate amount of time and we'll move on to our next episode where we'll cover the second part of this. So it's been a long time since we've done a game club. Actually, it's been like a year and a quarter since we've done one. Uh, so I, I, I it feel kind of weird about doing it because since the last time we did one, uh, we have, we'll say uh, over like, John, what would, you, would you consider like a season and a half effectively now of multimedia failure and rock out with your card out? Yeah, I guess so. We've done about a year and a half of, the about of each yeah right? yeah so. about 30 something episodes of each one of those at this point so i think i'm on like episode 37 or 38 uh yeah, rocket with your card out and 34 by yeah. the time this comes out of multimedia failure so but those are the other two podcasts we do multimedia failure is a chronological exploration of every video game or movie or ever made and then we rank them against each other Totally not arbitrarily at all. It's, it's a scientific process. Yeah. <laughs> and John is one of my co-hosts on that, along with Vanessa Cahill. The other one I mentioned is Rock Out With Your Card Out, which is just me sharing video game music I like and video game um, adjacent stuff. Uh, Kemi has been a guest on that, and I do hope I can con you back into coming in there occasionally with me. <laughs> Shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And other than that, um, I think it really kind of ends like my end of the plug. So why don't you guys go ahead and plug away at your own stuff? Uh, Kemi, why don't you go ahead and start? Because you, my friend, have been super busy since we spoke on Walk Out With Your Card Out and have put out multiple things. Just, just slow down, lady. <laughs> <laughs> also the worst of plugging. Yay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I make chiptune music, so you can find me on Bandcamp. I started a Patreon recently for some extra stuff. Also on Twitter and YouTube, it's just Chemixiel, just K-E-M-I-K-Z-I-E-L. And, uh, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, go to Bandcamp, go buy your albums, they're all really good. I, I fully <laughs> endorse them, so if you have if you have any trust in my taste in video game music at all, uh, just just go for it. And Anna, how about yourself? Uh, what have you been working on with RP Gamer outside of uh, everything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you want to read my incessant ramblings, I do reviews. And uh, an opinion call or ed editorial style columns at rpgamer.com. Um, otherwise, you can follow my crazy antics as I play and break down the video games that I'm playing um, on Twitter. It's A M Privateer, A M P R I V I T E R E. 
And I will put all of these links in a handy little uh, thing here in the show notes. So um, if you can't remember the spelling because um, you're like me and just can't retain anything anymore, uh, that, yeah, that would be the way to do it. So so until the next time, I want to thank everyone for coming back to the Game Club because, like I said, I know it's been a long time coming and this one was a little bit more preparation than I was expecting. But you know what? I'm glad we're doing Pokemon because, God damn it, I love Pokemon. And until next time, uh, gotta catch them all, right? Right. Pokemon! <laughs> wow, Buffett. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. <laughs> <laughs>